I was a gang member, but I was a, a hustler. Hustler. Yeah. So mm. I started selling dope at the age of 13. 13. Uh, put on at the age of 12. Um, and once I started hustling, it's just like I took off with it. It, it was what it was, you know, and I told them the truth. You know, like, mommy got another case. So, unfortunately, I'm not going to be coming home a day, a day before your birthday. The judge was like, you're going to get the deal the DA has on the table is 11 years for voluntary manslaughter, but you're also going to get a 10-year gun enhancement. What's it like having a relationship in prison? Um... She was like, and I want you to know, I forgive you for taking my only child. And mm. she said, I pray that you go to prison and you find God. Like, where's your mental health at? Especially knowing that you got your kids on your outside, on the outside. Wow, that's a good well, They didn't want to see me prosper and... I made sure I prosper. Welcome back to Rancher Network Podcast. It's your boy, Yak. It's your boy, T. And we got another killer for you guys today, man. Um, another great episode. We got an individual who um, I myself have worked through previously through PV Jobs. And Damien as well, too. Same, same. Um, she, she came in coming through a, a program. I'm not going to say just yet. You got to stay tuned to, to find out. But within that program, she came in seeking you know, employment, you know, training and stuff like that. And we saw how legit she was. You know, we get a lot of individuals that, you know, they don't look too determined, but this time she was. And we're like, okay, that's great. Let's make it happen. So um, we got into training. We got her working. And from there, um, she's just been just booming, man. Just booming. And she hit the ground running. Yeah, she straight up. Just ran with it. Honestly. Know? And just a reminder for, for those that didn't tune into the last podcast where we kind of gave a description of what PV Jobs was. But PV Jobs is a nonprofit organization in LA that provides job training, employment opportunities, and case management opportunities to help individuals that are even coming out of incarceration or at risk, you know, foster youth, low income, various individuals uh, to get back on their feet and to get them going. Um, and for example, we have some of our interns that have gone through some of our programs. Shout out to Looney and shout out to our boy Juan. Even Kai, too, our producer. Let's get it, baby. Um, but we're excited to give this person a great warm welcome. Yeah, what? So I want to give my homegirl, Larissa, a.k.a. Loki, <laughs> bring her to the Ding Podcast. Let's go, man. Yeah, let's give a round of applause. Let's hit that. <laughs> let's go. Bye. Larissa, how do you feel? Uh, I feel good. I like Loki. Loki's okay. a dope nickname. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I want to know say, how that what was the first thing he said. He said, I like, he said, low key. That's really low key a good name. <laughs> that's low key a dope name. <laughs> I want to find out definitely how you got that. Can you tell us how you got that real quick? I gave myself the name low key. Really? Yeah. Was that because you were low key or was it like? No, my first name was Tomboy. And I came out with the name low key because that was me. That's what I was. How old were you when you got low key or when you put in uh, low key? 15. 15. 15. Okay, so from um, so you yourself, you've you've been incarcerated and you were serving like a, you were looking at twenty one years, right? Yes. You were looking at twenty one years, and that's one thing. No, that, actually, I was looking at um, fifty two years. Oh, at first they added a year, which was fifty three years. Wow, with yeah. with the L or without the L? With the L. Damn. Mm -hmm. Okay, so again, that's a big difference. It ain't just like fifty three. You take a deal, you do eighty five, you do twenty on that. No, you're fighting life, right? Yes. Okay. Wow. Yeah, so, yeah, so um, I was fighting life, and 
they kind of lowered the deal. They lowered the deal, and they took it down to 50 years without the L. Uh, I still declined that. And then the DA came with 15 years to life. At that point, I, I was pissed. And, you know, that ugly side came out, like, I was telling my lawyer, you could tell the DJ fuck himself, like, we going to trial, I ain't got nothing to lose, they not giving me no type of deal, because 15 to life is not a deal. Yeah, It's still life. You know, so after that, we took it to trial. We took it to trial, I got a hung jury, and the DA refiled that same day, so I didn't get out of jail. He refiled, which... which means they have to rebook me into county and all that, and start, I have to start over. How? Whoa! This is the first time I'm hearing this. They they yeah, could you know do what? that. That's interesting. Yeah. Yes. They could re. As soon as I got back to the county, I had to stay in the intake part because they had to rebook me in, fingerprint me all over, all of that, and because you know once you get a hung jury, you know they're supposed to let you out. Mm-hmm. But the DA refiled that same day. But by the time I got back to the county, it was rebooking. So it more so sounds like kind of like bad timing in a way, or is it like bad timing that all that happened on the same day and then she got? Yeah, no, I think that's pretty standard. That's that's one of the biggest misconceptions that we have um, when you're going through the system, right? How many times have you heard you get a hung jury, you go home, that's it, close mm-hmm. close case, they didn't have enough evidence or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I've heard it up more often than not. You get the hung jury, you get rebooked. They can't charge you for the same exact charge, but what good is it if it, instead of attempted murder, they hit you with conspiracy, which also carries life, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just a double whammy, you know? So to get into that, to and I want to talk about that experience too, you know, you're going through the trials and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously what led you to that is one of the biggest things yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of uh, give us a little background on kind of like where you grew up. Um, you mentioned growing up in South LA though, right? Yeah, I grew up in South LA uh, from a crib gang. Uh, mm-hmm. I was I was quoted into the game, you know, jumped in. Uh, not really jumped in, like I got put on by by uh, a male, and from there, you know, I was a gang member, but I was a, a hustler. Hustler. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I started selling dope at the age of thirteen. Thirteen. Uh, put on at the age of twelve. Um, and once I started hustling, it's just like I took off with it. I was a kid that liked to play video games, buy candies, buy my friends burgers, buy bikes, fix them up, hook them up. Like, I did kid things, but I did, I hustled, I sold drugs, mm-hmm. you know? You hit the the candy house and all that? Yeah, oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? Come on. Oh man. yeah, that's full <laughs> of it. What? That's when they used to well, have the penny candy store out, yeah, you know? what? Five cent candy. 15 cents. See, the thing, we would hit Party City. Are y'all talking about Party City or y'all talking about like an actual candy store? Okay, so we're on different levels right here. But um, one thing that that interests me, okay, when you say put on, though, to kind of clarify, put on is, is, so you didn't say jump in, so put on means what exactly? Getting put on. You fight. We had about four fights, and I was not a quitter. Even though I kept getting knocked down, I kept getting back up fighting. 12 years old, though. Uh, yeah. No, yeah. I was 13. 13. Mm-hmm. So what? I guess what separates jump in from put on if they're – because I'm assuming – Jump in is when you getting put on by multiple people. Mm. I didn't get put on by multiple people. I got put on by a guy. Gotcha. I didn't even know so that So it just was... means you're just running a fade back to back to back. Yeah. Probably with different yeah, people. Yeah, just running a fade. Got it. You know, you get tired. Just, it's a Absolutely. way to – Yeah. Wow. So you're 12 years old when this is happening. So at 13 – 
So I'm guessing you got the game from like hustling. I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. And you tell me if I'm wrong. You got the started game. off with marijuana, uh-huh. you know, because I, I found a bag of marijuana, and you know, I guess each each bag in there was five dollars at the mm-hmm. time. Five dollar bag of weed. Uh, I was told what it was, and when I tried to give it to you know one of the uh, bigger uh, older homies, mm-hmm. he said, "No, you found it. It's yours." Mm-hmm. So he told me, you know, each one is for five dollars. Like sell them. So I started taking them to school and I started selling them. And after that, I found uh, a balled-up paper bag it had dope in it, and I took it to the same person, and he was like, "It's yours." And he went in there, and he chopped it up, and he told me how to sell it. He told me every piece was a nickel. He cut it up into all nickels, and I started selling dope from there. And then when I seen how much money I was making off of it, I just it just I took off with it. So it this became a, it, it became an addiction over time. At that age, what was what was uh, pops and mom saying about that though? Uh, they didn't know. <laughs> they didn't know. You kept it from them. Nah, I'm tripping know. on how you just found a bag, though. <laughs> like, to to like be honest, let, let me tell bag. you about the second. Well, I really found the bag of weed. I'm gonna tell you that. But when the cops was coming, where'd you I was, find that? Like, where'd you find the bag of weed? A, it was just in a paper bag. You know, I, I, I ain't gonna lie. I used to watch the game members throw their stuff when they running from the cops or whatever. Oh. And if they didn't pick it right up, I roll by on my bike. Whip it up like that. Wow. Like, I found it, you know, and I really didn't find it. And I watched them throw it and I picked it up. But when I I thought I was doing a good deed by taking it to him, maybe somebody would claim it. But then the homie said, it's yours. I just ran with that. Oh, fuck it. You know, it's mine. Damn, you were smart to be even like like having that kind of strategy to. Shoot, at them days, uh, we used to run out of food and stuff like that in my house. So, you know, mm. I did anything to, you know, stay above water. Like, shit, some of that stuff that I sold, I was feeding my siblings. You know, it's a lot of us. Like, you know, I'll go get extra food or burgers or whatever, chicken. Like, you know, we'll be eating off that. Wow. Some time, some whatever, some, some shit down yeah. the block. How many, um, you had nine siblings, if I'm not mistaken. I do have nine siblings, nine one deceased. Damn. And they all stayed with you? You guys all stayed together? Uh, the first six, we grew up together because my grandmother raised us. Mm-hmm. And then kind of kind of all of us is like, you know, around each other in and out of each other's life. But, you know, still came up with each other. We were very close and know each other mm. very well. So you kind of already touched on the experience. I, so you had income wasn't really like a, a, a thing that you had going on with your family. You know, it was no, a struggle. No, we used day to run day. out of food and stuff like that. Like, you know, and that was just one of the biggest things to me. Like, you know. We had the things that we wanted, like name brand clothes and stuff like that. Like, we were spoiled and stuff, but, you know, at the end of the month come, we ran out of food. Mm. And the month was, like, the hardest time in our house. What's that experience like, you know, knowing you don't have anything to eat? You already mentioned— I mean, it's not completely, like, nothing to eat. I mean, uh-huh. it was, like, you know, some bread in there. You know, my, okay. my grandmother used to like to make her sugar biscuits. We was, you know, we loved those. And, you know, it was, it was like we used to put butter on our bread, sugar on top, like— Whatever was in there, we try to put it together and make right. it do what it do, you know? And, and as a kid, you got to think back, too. How many times did you open up the fridge, and you can have it full of fucking food, and you're just like, ain't nothing in there? Or you have something yeah. that don't mix. Like, it's you have peanut butter, not the jelly. You know, or you got <laughs> the like jelly, that. not yeah. peanut butter. Like, that match, you know? Huh? Yeah. Like, yeah. You know what's odd, real quick? Like, a, a mix that I had when I would come home from school, when I was, like, what, in elementary school? Yeah. I, d- don't judge me. I would get a tortilla and a hot dog. And put ketchup on it and cheese, and I would eat that. Yeah. Am I the only one that would do that? <laughs> Please tell know. me I'm not. <laughs> like, no, like that was... we used to get the the hot dog weenies and put them on the stove. Stove, and, man, and Come on, cook them like with that. A fork. Yeah, Just, with ah, a fork. Yep. With a piece of with Wonder a fork. Bread. Just 
right in half. Ain't no yep. hot dog bread. Wow. Well, George Lopez will tell you about what? that in one of his jokes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. That no, that's um that it, it's it's so key. It, it kind of hurts me deep down because yeah. half the time um I see like you know we you, you will see I I drive by a school every day right. Yeah. And so when I drive by the school, sometimes, you know, you see all these kids are coming, you know, some kids are walking to school, but half the time you don't realize the kind of shit they may be going through. Mm-hmm. That's true. And like, you don't even know, like right now they're going to school hungry. Right. They're rushing to school early because they want to get breakfast. Right. Did you have that similar experience where you would try to utilize even school? Were you going to school at that uh, time? To be honest with you, uh, all it's, it's crazy. Like, even though we ran out of food and stuff, but me and all my siblings, we are picky eaters. Mm. Very picky eaters. Mm. So some of us might have liked it school food, but I know a lot of us didn't like the school food at all. Like we probably uh, drink the chocolate milk, or you know, we didn't eat everything there. So, gotcha. So but from there, at, like at that one age, one way or another, we find a way to get some money. We'd be mm-hmm. at the store eating a bag of chips or something. Yeah, okay, yeah. get the big bag of chips and we'll munch on that, and you know, or we'll we'll do something, mm-hmm. you know. And mom and pa and grandma too would do their best to kind of like try to support her on either side well, of the thing. My grandmother, she she took care of us. She did the best she could with us. You know, she she did a great job. You know, like uh, she's deceased today, and I really miss her. But you know, like we we already talking about you know the her birthday's coming up. We already talking about we're gonna sit around and talk about all the good times. I love That's that. Nice. That's really nice. Yeah, yeah. I love that. So. um so from there, at, at 13, you're already involved. But one thing that interests me when we kind of talked about during the pre-screening was you weren't engaging in necessarily in using the drugs. You were more so just selling it just to, and you said it yourself, to time yeah. to stay afloat. Yeah. So you were never mm-hmm. participating in any of the, of the... At that time, no, I wasn't. I, I know I eventually started smoking weed, but at that time, I wasn't doing any of that. Did you have any temptations or anything like that? Even oh, I had temptations first? with the weed because uh, one of my cousins, uh, he's my first cousin, his name is Randy. Uh, we had, we didn't know nothing about smoking weed. We know how my parents smoked it, my aunties and uncles smoked it. So we went and got a paper bag and we tore it thinking that we were making it like a zigzag. Mm-hmm. And we put the weed in there and tried to smoke it and we was oh choking and burning our eyes. Oh we never gosh. wanted to smoke this shit again. I'm telling you, it's like our eyes, we was choking and our eyes was burning <laughs> oh, no. bad. Yeah. Uh, today I realized because it was a paper bag, you know, like... <laughs> But we would try to call ourselves trying to be grown, and and we did that, and we still talk about that shit today. I'm like, man, cousin, That's remember hilarious. that? We really thought we was being grown, like you know. Let me ask you a question real quick. Tell me, if, I don't know if it's true. I was told when I was in middle school, if you use Bible papers, like it, it works. Oh, uh, I was, didn't it learn works. that to my adult, yeah. my adult to prison, probably. Yeah. You know I mean? But Everybody when knows. I when somebody told me that and they wanted to tear a paper out of the Bible, I was completely against it. I was like, <laughs> I was like, God's right? Like, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I heard it. I heard that before. You know, I was like, it has like fifteen white sheets in the back. Just saying. I, <laughs> oh no! I don't even do that. You're not lying. It do got fifteen do white sheets. But I'm just if saying, you get like, the, they're blank, the book but first, it's still Bible you know. paper. He said if you get yeah. the book first, <laughs> you're I've seen people do it before. I ain't going to lie. They smoked it. I've, I've seen it, people do it with the letters on it. I don't, I've don't. i never touched it. Oh, seen no. The they really good. I can't imagine. You're just right here. You're just reading, like, you know. You're reading beyond the Yeah, you're just yeah. reading a whole passage. They're going down. Oh, my gosh. Like For sure. Yeah. Um. Wow, that's so that's that's interesting. So when you started participating in that at one point, um, did you feel like it was something you were doing conse- uh, consecutively, like every day, or was it more so? I was doing that every day. I couldn't wait to get out of school. 
That was your grind. I was sneaking the alley, and it was this trailer in the alley. I I was sneaking the alley because my great-grandmother, she didn't play. She whooped your Mm. butt like she didn't play. So I would have to sneak. So the only way I could sneak is sometimes I went through the school because our our street was a dead end. So I'll go through the school, hop the gate just to get up to 109. Then I'll walk down 109, creep through the alley, make sure I don't see no family members walking around, and I'll go straight to they had like this camper trailer mm-hmm. and it was a gang of smokers up in there and I would go in there but the worst thing about that is I, I was smelling they were smoking it in there so I would be like holding my nose having my nose in my shirt and uh, the homie told me to be aggressive with them like if they came with four dollars you know tell them no you don't come with the whole five you're not getting nothing like it don't show change me at all like just because I was a kid and I stood my grounds and got my money mm. That's nuts, though, that somebody was schooling you at that age. You right. Know, like that, like that tough and putting you up on yep. game. Right. For whatever it's worth, right? Because at the time, that's that was game. Yeah, but, that was know, game. And, and he schooled me. And, and to this day, like, I mean, I know it's something that was negative in my life, but mm-hmm. I have major respect for him yeah. for doing that because I would have let all kind of people get over me, you know? And I didn't let people get over on me. People would come with, like, uh, $7 something. Can they get a 10? No, you can get a 5 like, you know, mm-hmm. give me the five, you get the five. And then I'll get mad. Like, if they keep coming at me like that, I'll take they seven and still give them a five. Yeah, like you asked for it. Hey, that's interesting. Yeah. Come back here like that. Yep. Um, so you did this for, for how long, would you say? Of, you were still at what, middle school at this point? Uh, yep. Sure so you, that carried on through, through middle school, high school, or what was the deal? It carried on for years. Like I said, it was addiction. It became Damn. an addiction. I was really addicted, and I really didn't stop this addiction until after I got incarcerated. Because mm-hmm. when I got incarcerated, I still was doing it in there. And then I kept telling myself, like, you know, like, this is what got me in, 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 got me locked up in the first place. Me out there slinging dope or whatever, and I eventually got caught. Went back out there. It was an addiction. I got caught. You feel me? When I got caught, I still went back out there and did the same thing and got caught again. They're like, okay, we're not playing with her. Looking at eight, eight years, but... I did, got three years with half. So that, that still, was your first bid right there. Yeah. Okay. It didn't, it, the bid collided with the other mm. one. So it was like, I still didn't get it. I still wanted to hustle. I still wanted to get fast money, like, you know? So when I went to prison, I was doing the same thing. I started selling tobacco, you know? From mm. tobacco became, you know, drugs, you know? And I was just getting my money. And then, I got ready to transfer to another prison, but I started, you know, talking to myself. These are the times where I really started talking to myself, like looking in the mirror type of thing. Yeah. Because my kids, they started getting to me. You know, they was ready for me to come home. I was getting close, and I was like, I can't go. I can't go back out here with this same lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't. I was like, if I go back out here with this same lifestyle, I'm not gonna make it. You know. So I started doing that. This mirror talk thing, it, it started working. You know. So by the time I got to the other prison. I was still, like, you know, in the mix, you know, drinking a little bit. Because, you know, you get they have alcohol and everything. You can make it in prison or whatever. I was drinking a little bit. Real quick to clarify, when you're saying when you got to prison, is this the, the longer sentence that you had? The longer, the longer? Yeah, I was in the longer system. So this is the one you're talking about right now is the longer mm-hmm. one. Dang, okay, so I want to touch on that. Okay. I, I definitely want to touch on that at one point. Mm-hmm. But for sure, I want to kind of get to where what got you to the first sentence, the first the first it's small one. Selling dope so it was just on, um, uh, downtown, on block, on the streets. How? What? What happened? Like you were just? It was just a, a rat, easy day, and 
I was, it's fast down there. I make a thousand dollars in one hour. What? Yeah. Like serving on Skid Row type of deal. Oh, Skid Row. Damn. Even at that, what what year was this? Even at those times? Two thousand four, two thousand five, two thousand three. Oh man, I didn't even know about Skid Row at that time. Damn. Man. And you're you're there what like morning till day, morning till night. I mean, no, I I wouldn't be greedy with it because I didn't want to get caught Mm. up. So I knew the times the cops came out, the jump out boys came out. I didn't go out there at them times, and. When I did go down there, I stayed down there an hour, made that thousand, and I left. And I may go back down there at nighttime. And at nighttime, we have more help from the smokers because they're on the streets. When they say heads up, that means watch your back. We don't know if there's a police mm. or what coming. And they see headlights coming, they be like, heads up, you know. And they'll heads up coming from town, heads up coming from Crocker, they let you know. So, you know, we basically, like, was kind of having their help at nighttime. But, you know, I went down there at a time. Because one of my homies got out of jail, and he really needed some money. Mm-hmm. So we went, and, you know, uh, he got fronted some sacks, and I tried to take him down there to get some fast money, knowing I just left him down there. Yeah. Not thinking, just trying mm-hmm. to help him out and got mm-hmm. caught up. That's what happened. So first bid, you didn't do, you didn't, you didn't uh, necessarily have to go to the whole juvenile hall back and forth type of I deal. I never did ju- juvenile hall. Okay. I started going to prison into, uh, or jail. County into probably, or, right? To my adult, my adult age. Okay. Like, I think I actually was 18, but I did three days in there when I was 18. Mm. Three days in there and I got out. Now, when you were doing this, what, did you have your kids already? Yes, I did. So you had your kids at how old? I have, well, when I, when I start, I had my kids through the longer, longer sentence. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. okay. I had them, you know, with the short one too. But the county stuff, I didn't have them. So how many, you had how many children during the short I got, one? I got two daughters. You got two daughters, yep. and you, I'm assuming you had one of them during the short, and then you had another one when you got the long one. No, or am I, I confused? Both my kids, they two years apart. Gotcha. Okay. okay. Yeah. So you got busted. You do the little county bid for for slanging or whatever. Yeah, um, and I had them at the time because uh, at okay. that time it, it at this time I was living a hard life. I was staying yeah. in the kitchenette. I moved out here by LAX because I wanted my kids. Because, you know, ghetto schools are not cool. You know, I mean, you know, we grow up from that area, and, they, and these ghetto schools, they really don't be teaching our kids. And my my youngest daughter started fighting, so she wasn't doing nothing but fighting in school. Mm-hmm. And I mean, she was in third grade, running up on sixth graders, you know, so Man. that wow. was like... Wow, third grade on sixth grade? Yeah, she was in third grade, running up on sixth graders. Like, she got bullied one time, and one of my little sisters took up there and made her fight her bully, which was in the sixth grade. And after that, she didn't let nobody bully her. They said something crazy to her. She'd catch them later. And so I had to get my kids out of that school. So I put them in a white kid's school over by LAX airport. There was only black kids there. And then I dealt with a little racism with my youngest daughter because she's dark like me. My mm-hmm. oldest daughter is light-skinned. Mm-hmm. So she didn't go through none of that. So I went through racism, and it wasn't with the kids. It was with the adults being racism by, uh, racist to my daughter. You know? That is sad. Yeah. What, like, what are you thinking? Overwrite, maybe? Right. Man, yeah, yeah. I never seen it coming. I'm thinking like maybe mm-hmm. she would have dealt with it from the kids, but she dealt with it from adults. That is hurtful. Yeah. And that wow. So and this was did that kind of get in the way of like you enrolling her into the school, or did you end up no, not they, enrolling they her? Was they was she was enrolled to school. at that part mm-hmm. at that time already. It was just that I, my oldest daughter, I wrote her enrolled her into a piano class. Mm-hmm. So that made it her to be at school a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. So my youngest daughter would have to sit in the office for a little bit just till her class was over. 
So the uh, this is a lady in the office was being, you know, mean to my daughter, and her teacher also was being mean to her. So my daughter would be raising her hand when she was, you know, needed something to explain to her about her mm-hmm. schoolwork, and she would be my daughter with her hands, holding her hands for hours. This hand would get tired, she'd raise the other hand. Wow. So then when she got tired enough, she went and tapped the lady on the shoulder saying, excuse me, ma'am, and the lady reported that my daughter hit her. So Holy then shit, I went up there, right there, I talked to them. Next thing I know, they calling CPS on me. CPS come out to the kitchenette I was living in with my kids. And she real, real said... Real quick, what, what's the kitchenette? I don't know what that... Kitchenette is like a motel with a kitchen. Mm, that's it, straight up, just... Motel with bed, a kitchen, kitchen balcony, base. two oh, beds. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Damn, okay, I never heard that term before. And with a bathroom in it, yeah. So... She came, knocked on the door. She said that the cool, the school had called her, and I invited her in, and she said, if you don't mind, I would like to speak to each one of your kids by myself. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, it's okay. And she said, before I do it, any of that, can I check your kitchen? And I was like, yeah. She went to check the kitchen, cabinets and stuff. There was food in there, and yeah. cabinets had food and stuff. Everything was clean. I didn't know this lady was popping up. And then so she was like, well, can I speak with your kids alone? I was like, yeah, so I let her take my oldest daughter. So my youngest daughter, like, she talks a lot. So I told her, I said, I don't know your school. I explained to her why she was talking to my other oldest daughter. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, this lady came to talk to you guys because they get involved in your life, and then they want to help the kids, like, kind of, like, monitor you guys with me. Like, she was like, Mommy, are they going to try to take me from you? I said, I don't think that's going to happen. I was like, so just be honest with the lady, and she's probably going to be looking for bruises on you guys and stuff like that. And then she was like, okay. So she went in there and talked to her. The lady came out and said, I don't see a reason why I should open up a case against you. But she said, I am going to offer some counseling. And I was like, okay. And then she was like, "Um, I also want to offer a round table with you and with the school, with the principal, the teacher, the people in the office. Damn. I want a round table with everybody, and my supervisor would be involved in that. And I was like, okay. But the principal got in trouble. Um, so when my kids go back to school, they're now treating them different. The, the principal the got principal, in trouble because of that situation? Yeah, because I reported. Because right. okay. I was going up to okay. the school. like My kids would come home and tell me things, and I would go up there as a parent and, and yes. try to get down to the problem. Mm-hmm. You know, so they would send letters talking about their school got broken into, and we'll be the first one to get the letter because my kids are black. My kids are girls. My kids don't wonder at night. Wow. Know? Yeah. How old is your youngest one at that time? Uh, She was probably seven. So a seven years seven old. Eight. You're having to give this conversation to her mm-hmm. to tell her, hey, there's people that are going to that hopefully don't take you. Yeah. But, but I didn't tell ask- her in that matter because she would have tripped out. She's yeah. a mama's baby. Mm. You know, she would have tripped out. She was like, are you going to take me gonna take me from you? And I said, that's not going to happen. I have to assure her that because if I didn't, she would start wigging out, crying, and all kinds of stuff. Now, I know this is it, it may be a personal question, but you're a single mother at this point. Yeah, single. So as a single mother, how does that make you feel that you have to have these kind of conversations with your daughter about all that? Um, I basically have to have, you know, conversations with my kids and to kind of, like, grow them up faster because it was a lot going on in my life, you know. And a conversation like that, they needed, they had to know because that's what that's what happens like in in, in a, um, minority places and stuff, you know. I so, yeah, no, no, no. I I 100% agree. I um, uh, 
my brother and I, we, we got the same thing. We got sent out to another school in Marina del Rey. And same thing, we would have to go through it. Just walking through those neighborhoods, people just looking at us and shit, like closing their doors, thinking like, what the fuck, we ain't doing not a damn thing. We're just walking home, right. you know? Yeah. Um, that's, a, that's a fucking, it's a crazy conversation to have. And it sucks that we have to put our kids through that. You know? right, right, right. That was the, the devastating part is that like, dang, I know I've been through racism in my life. Yeah. And I'm like, my kid? Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah like, that's the tough part. Kid? Like, that, that, was, that was crazy. And your oldest one was how old too? My oldest one at she, that time. At that time, she was about uh, nine or eleven. Nine or eleven. So but, she was at an age to be able to at least understand what yeah, was kind of going on already. And, and hopefully, they kicked it. They watched each other. Mm-hmm. They were good in yeah. that sense, right? They both mm-hmm. went to the same school. They probably yeah. kicked it together. Yeah. They kept they, it cool. They had well. They didn't actually kick it together because they two years apart in two different you know grades. Mm-hmm. But you know they're pretty close. You know. Good, big good. sister try to be the big sister, little sister, you know, try to leave behind yeah, a big yeah, sister, right. you know, want to be like a sister, you know, that's how it was. Mm-hmm. At that time, like, what was your, like, your ultimate goal, your personal ultimate goal, at least for, for you or your family? Like, well, I really want, I, I mean, at this time while I was doing all of this, you know, I did have a job, you know. Okay. Still hustling too, though? Yeah, still hustling. Okay. I still had a job. I had to, at this kitchen that I had to pay rent once a week. So right. I had a job, and if that job check, I only got paid every two weeks. Money wasn't coming in fast mm. enough, so I had to do something else, and that was hustle. So for me, it was hustle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So then from there, um, that was how many years prior to, to you being incarcerated your first time? That was. Sure, we're getting pretty close because uh, I was living in that kitchenette when I got incarcerated. Damn, okay. So I'm trying to do a math. You had your first baby then. How old? I was 17 when I got pregnant. I had it when I was 18. Okay, gotcha. Wow, so there's a lot going on, especially with family. Um, I'm just trying to I'm, I'm trying to gather this, bro, because this is the first time I'm hearing about even your perspective of having it be challenged with the school component. Mm-hmm. Not you personally. No, your children. Yeah, yeah. And then from there, you're still trying to hold up and support this family. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, people are trying to bring you down. And and I was working all twelve you know hour shifts too. So twelve hour shifts. You're still hustling. You're still yeah. doing your shit. Taking notos, trying to stay woke. Like it was crazy. This is kind of more so. This question is gonna be more so like the advocacy part. What could have helped you at that time? That you've got what kind of support could have you had gotten that would have uh, helped you alleviate that? I was actually trying to get help from their dad because their dad at the time, you know, he was he living another life, another family, like he had other kids or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, he was sending me $300 a month, but it wasn't enough. Right. You know, it's like when kids grow, they get more expensive, mm-hmm. you know. So I hit him up, you know, for that 300 and then all of a sudden he told me he can't give it to me no more. And I said, well, I remember telling you that I never found child support on you, but uh, I think that's what I'm going to have to do. And he said, besides, I don't think she is mine anyway. She's dark. So oh, I really man, went to what? the courts. Damn. Yeah, so I really went to the courts after that. I went to the court, did all my paperwork, uh, subpoenaed him for a DNA test, and took it there and run. They, they, I won. They both 99% his, so they, he can't get away both from Both kids that. from one one dad? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Damn, wow. so he, he little did he know that 300 was going to cost him He won, He bit. didn't want to pay the 300 no more, and he... Instead of him just saying that, he made it spicier by saying that about my kid. Right, and that didn't right. really piss me off. It made me really want to do it, you know, because I knew the damage, how, me following child support, I knew that it was going to take a lot of money from him because he had a good job. 
So and they did, and they it, it kind of started helping a little bit because they was giving okay. me two thousand dollars out of, out of each check. Mm-hmm. So so you're working the twelve hour shifts. You're getting a decent check from that. You got a little side hustle going on. Mm-hmm. Now you go to this court thing with pops, right? With the girls' dad. Mm-hmm. You get a little bit of income from that. Was that not enough? What what ends up happening there where, where no, you weren't situated it, it yet? It wasn't enough because, you know, I have to shop for the kids. I got to buy food for the mm-hmm. kids. I have to uh, pay rent once a week, you know, so that ate that up real fast. Easy. That rent was like 400 and something a week. Yeah. So, you know, that it wasn't enough, you know. And two kids. I know, you know what I mean? Two kids. Yeah. Not one, but two. So yeah. double the expense. Whatever you spend on one, same thing mimicked for the other one. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Did this? Did that kind of like guide you to kind of maybe push more on the hustle side? Like the, like did you want to do more really on wanna, I didn't really want to like. I did do more. Like you know, I, I climbed from a small sack to a higher sack. You know, I went from a quarter piece to a half ounce to an so ounce. Slim. You know, so I did climb up, but then I kind of like went from an ounce back to a half ounce because I don't like holding it. If I don't get rid of it all in that one day, then I don't want to be holding anything because I don't want to have anything in the car with my kid. So at this point, um, you you won that kind of thing with, with, with the baby's dads, right? You got a little something going on. But I know, me and Brian know, right, from hearing your story and everything, that, that you ended up, not sure what the timeline is for that, but you ended up getting busted for an yeah. extensive amount of time somewhere mm-hmm. between that time period. Right. Um, walk us through that if you can. Um, well, I don't get into detail about Absolutely. that, but uh-huh. you know, it was something that happened that you know a misunderstanding and an accident at the same time. So, you know, that's what led my prison time. Mm. I didn't go to jail right away. Uh, my friends uh, flee me from the crime scene, mm. and hustling is what ca- got me caught up. That and I went in jail for that hustling. For selling drugs, they gave me sales uh, 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 um, for drugs. Even though when the cops found me, mm-hmm. each time they found me, they didn't, they didn't find no drugs, but mm-hmm. I still got charged for them. Mm. That's you random that? as hell. That's How weird. does that even happen? Somebody I, just saying that they, Larissa sells dope, she's the one, whatever, and they don't find the no The first dope? time, they didn't find nothing because by the time they finished, I done wiggled and you know got mm-hmm, rid of mm-hmm. it. And the second time, I did the same thing. Wiggle got rid of it, but I had a scale in my sleeve, which I wind up stuffing oh, in the back man. of their seat. Interesting. And they didn't, they they didn't, uh... pulled that seat out and found that scale because I had wiped my fingerprints off of it. They're like, who's that? I'm like, it ain't mine. I don't know. And they said, every time we arrest somebody, we check under the seats and pull these seats out. So we're going to charge you with the scale plus the drugs. Where's the drugs? I said, I don't have no drugs. And then they gave I'm me... A baker. Uh, a co-defendant, like they just threw some random guy that I didn't even know on me, saying that he was selling dope for me, and I was tripped, tripped out. Like some guy, I don't even know this guy, West Boulevard guy, and I was trying to immediately separate my case because I don't know this this cat. I don't know like what he do if he was a informant or a snitch. Mm-hmm. I didn't know none of that. Was he a smoker though, or something? They say he was downtown. Make... I don't even remember seeing this castle. So it was really like, you know, suspicious and unusual yeah. to me, you know. And they wouldn't allow me to separate my case from this guy. So that's how I wind up getting a three years with half. And from there, I never got out of jail. So they so, came for me for the case while I was incarcerated. Oh, man. Okay, so so you yeah. get picked up for a dope case. Somewhere along the lines, there's some fingerprints, there's some other stuff lingering in the background for the other case. 
and then boom. No, it wasn't nothing okay. lingering. Okay. It wasn't nothing lingering. What happened was people started talking uh, to mm. the cops. People started, to, people I wouldn't even think that would start talking. People mm. went to the cops on their own, just like voluntary. And, you know, that's what they started trying to do their investigation. So they came to the prison. I act like I didn't know what they were talking about. And they left me alone, but the it, one of the um, detectives, he was so pissed because I remember him being bald head, and his bald head was sweating, <laughs> and he was getting aggressive. And I remember when, I, I, as me seeing him get aggressive, because I was I was cooperating, asking mm-hmm. their questions, but then when he started playing, you know, trying to play the good cop mm-hmm. and the bad cop, you only could do one. This lady over here is playing a good cop. You can't do both. So I was like, you know, I'm done with this cat. I was like, I don't got nothing else to say without my lawyer. And that's when he knew he couldn't ask, him, ask, ask me any more questions. So he got really pissed. And he um, he tried not to be aggressive because we're on we're being recorded. So he hurried up and cut that off. And then that's when he slammed something on the table. But she had already got up to walk out to go tell the ISU investigative officers of the prison mm-hmm. that they were done with their meeting with me. Mm-hmm. So they started laughing at those detectives. And before I walked up, because he was like, I was like, am I free to go, sir? Am I free to go now? And then he was like, no, you will be escorted. And I'm like, he not, he's a detective. He don't work for the Had prison. no say so in that So prison. the ISU officer was like, no, she's free to go. She can walk alone, you know? So because they pat me in, make sure I didn't have no weapons. So on the way out, they pat me out, mm-hmm. make sure, you know, they didn't give me nothing like, and then she gave me her police card, and I just played it cool. I was calm or whatever, and I was like, "Okay, sir." I was killing him with kindness, you know, and I think that's what got to him the most—me killing him with kindness. Because as he was yelling, I was still calm. I was like, "Yes, sir. Okay, sir. I understand, sir." And when I said, "Am I free to go?" He was like, "No." He was like. You got to be escorted. When I asked you, officers told him that I had to. They let me go. And then he said, by the way, he said, I will get down to the bottom of this, and I will make you fry for this. And I was like, okay, sir. Thank you, sir. You have a nice day, sir. And I left. But, you know, by the time I got to the unit, I was like, my my palm of my hands was shaking. You know, like, they was not shaking, but, like, sweaty. Like, my hands was wet, like, sweating. And I went uh, straight to the phone, and I called my Uncle Arnell. I told him what was going on, and he was telling me that I should have let him bail me out, but my bail was $2 million. Mm-hmm. And I was like, he really was going to put up his house and all of that? Like, I'm like, $2 million, Like what, what? At that time, I didn't know the percentage of how much they had to pay. You know, I, I, I didn't know they didn't have to pay the whole $2 million. I'm thinking maybe they had to pay $1 million. I didn't know if it was less than that or what, but I was telling my Uncle no. I'm just going to fight it like I'll be okay, you know? Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, do you need me to get you some lawyers? And he, I was like, I'm already in prison, mm-hmm. you know? And he, he was like, what's the business card? And then he was like, give me the information on that and rip it up and throw it away. And I was like, okay. And I did that. And he was like, I'm going to take care of this part right here. And he was like, because I, I don't think that that was uh, their rights to come down there and question you like that. And he was like, it's a whole pot of politic thing with, you know, um, by you already having your lawyers and, you know, things that they could have mm. could have did in a different manner or whatever. I didn't understand it because I don't I've never been in that situation before. So. so so at that time, were you already done with a three and a half? 
No, I was there because because I was getting ready to get out, and then so he you said, were done with that "Yeah, bill. he said we will be sending you a subpoena to go to court." Wow. And I was like, "Okay, sir." So, I was. I remember telling my daughter that I would be there a day before her birthday, <laughs> but that came up, so that plan went out the door yes. to be there. So now I have to figure out how you know. Mm. My daughter's going to accept me telling her because I didn't sugarcoat shit with my kids. Yeah, I t- it, 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 it was what it was, you know, and I told them the truth. You know, like, mommy got another case. So, I, unfortunately, I'm not going to be coming home a, de- a day before your birthday. Wow. And that's hurtful for them, you know, and it hurted me to tell her that, you know. So, um, but I, I, I was... I was uh, fortunately, they dad stepped up when I got incarcerated. He stepped up to the plate and made sure he mm-hmm. came and cared for his kids while I was incarcerated. So that was the best part, you know, them being with the other parent. You know, that's what I'd rather them to be than a, with a family member because I know, you know, you're going to get that, that love from your parent, you know. Right. So when my family was telling me they wanted to get the kids, I already had my mind made up before I even talked to him. I said, no, they, they dad going to step up to the plate. You know, I was sure of that. And you knew he had their best interests and everything. Yeah. You're like, cool. Yeah, he was already pops. raising six of his boys because he has a lot of kids, too. He has ten. Six boys, man. Yeah, he okay. had six wow. boys he was already raising. So my daughters was, you know, he got other daughters, but my daughters are the only one he raised. So, yeah, he did stuff. Gotcha. He did a good job. When, when, real quick, when those detectives showed up, what did they tell you you were fighting? Uh, they didn't tell me I was fighting anything. They told me that... They was at questioning me about, you know, that what happened, and I was like, I don't know. At that point, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't about, know. Right? Yeah, I don't know. They were bringing up names that I didn't know, and when they brought up government names, I knew these people because we worked at the same company, a security company for Universal Filming. Oh shit! Okay. And I guess he would say a name, but he said a nickname first, and I was like, I don't know who that is. And then he said a government name. I knew who that was because I worked with this person. So mm. I was like, yeah, I know that person. And then he tried to make it like I was lying. He was like, I just asked you. Mm. You said you didn't know this person. And I said, no, you didn't, sir. I said, you said a nickname. Now you're saying a government name, somebody named that I know that have relieved me from my post before. you know. And then he argued it out to his partner, had to tell him, that you you did you said a nickname first and now you saying a government name. She had to correct him because he was going off. Damn. So whatever that charge was, you knew though that it was it was a big deal and it was a lot of time at that point. I knew it was a big deal for sure. Okay. You know, but I don't know. I just I just stood my ground. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm thinking more along the lines of like. You get popped for whatever serving or whatever. They give you three and a half. You're about to go home. You start hitting everybody up. Giving the TV away. I ain't hit nobody yeah. up. I just hit my kids. Oh, you hit the kids. <laughs> I'm the only one person yeah. I want to Which see. Like, man, I want to see my kids. You feel me? Like, it, I, we stay corresponding the whole time. Like, I practically raised them when I was locked up. Like, man. I was on my kids' dad. Like, been no another woman tell my daughter none because you know my youngest daughter gonna tell me everything in yeah. detail and everything. So <laughs> you better keep it right. And yeah, uh-huh. he he did that. Like, it, I had one incident and. That one incident, he cleared it up real good and never happened again. 
Like, and then my daughter didn't speak to that chick for like two years. I was like, these kids ain't really no grudges. For like, sure. <laughs> they ain't playing with yeah. their mom. You feel me? Real stuff. They was not playing about me. Yeah. So. No, that's that's lovely. Um, yeah. that's lovely. Yeah, because I'm telling you, I'm thinking along the like, damn, you're about to get out. Then they hit you with this bullshit. Yeah. You, probably, you still don't know what it is, but you know it's it's something crazy. Yeah, um, my 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 left eye started twitching when it got oh, close shit. to me to get out, so I knew it was coming. You know, you knew what was coming. I knew the court date was coming. Really? Yeah, it got close to me getting out. I think what I want to say it was like a week or two before. I want to say the last week or something like that. I was getting ready to get out, and that ducky came under the door, and said, oh, "Take shit. out your braids, no braids, like." You know, so duck it. out to court, duck it. You know, you get that slide under your cell door. It's like, wham, like a slap in the face. So real quick, you want to explain what a duck yeah, is? Yeah, a duck it. I need some clarification. Yeah, a duck it is anything where from you to go across the prison to medical, to the infirmary, uh, a duck it to go to class. It's like a hall pass. Uh, like a, a hall a, pass. A duck it to get transferred out the court because you got to go behind a uh, work change to walk to R&R. Mm. To get to R&R where they change you out in some different clothes or muumu dress and you get on the bus dress. in shackles. What is that? I never heard that. What's a muumu dress? Muumu is a, a polka dot. What is, what is, what is another name know. for muumu? Uh so that's what that's what the ladies get when they get released. Yeah. Oh man. Like I mean, well, well, now they changed it. Like you have a choice whether you want to wear a muumu or like uh, uh, AR clothes, orange, okay. the oranges, and I, all that came when transgenders mm-hmm. and all that stuff came around and stuff. So they give you that respect to let you choose what you want to wear. Hmm. Okay. Damn, I will we'll definitely uh, yeah. touch on that. I yeah. No that was yeah, they do that now. Because my choice was was uh, shirt and pants, and that's what they let me parole mm-hmm. in. Like, if you pick up a dress, that's what you want. She's like, okay. what's your size? She, she already knew. I want to put on her dress because yeah. she asked me, Mom, what's your size? I'm like, yeah, I want X. Yep, so. Damn, yeah. and you get hit with that fucking ducket, huh? Man, I get hit with the ducket, so I'm like, damn, like, damn, like, damn. But, you know, I was like, man, I knew it was coming. I was like, this battle only God got me on this one. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I went out to uh, county and got booked in. Oh, because you start basically all over from scratch. Yeah, I went to prison. They they transferred me to the county. I got booked in for a one eighty seven twenty five life sentence at that time. One eighty seven is a what? A murder. Murder. Wow. I didn't even know what that name sounded. Really? Well. Yeah, I swear I did. Yeah. What movie? Samuel Jackson, one eighty-seven. That's good. <laughs> Are you serious? This we got to season him a little bit. You know? Right, 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 right. <laughs> he gonna <laughs> be learning a lot doing these podcasts. It was less. Right. Than, if it was like past two thousands, I don't know shit. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. Right. Um. Uh, yeah. Jinx. No, dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this guy. Uh. So. You really, so you really didn't get any time in between. You really just got hit back to back like yeah, that. Yeah, I didn't get no time in between. That's why when I say Damn. I got locked up, I got locked up at two, uh, 2005 because I never see the day of light again after mm-hmm. that. So it was what to life? How, it was 25 to life. 25 what, what, life. They was, uh, what they booked me under. Gotcha. Okay, so you, yeah. you go into county now. That's what I was fighting as far as them before I even hit any court. Right. That was the time. 
So, so now you get a new beef. What happens during your, your, we can fast forward a little bit. What happens during your prelim? Cause I'm assuming that was one of the big key things in your case. Oh, it was a lot going on. It was a lot going on in County. And it, it was just so much going on. Like, uh, I guess these witnesses was coming out of nowhere. Damn. Um, I was in the, I was in a pod where I, that's where I started my mentoring. Um, there was a lot of kids from different areas, from 60 Cribs, from Rams, from Broadway. It was just so many different gangs up in there. And I actually took them under my wing. And uh, we started going to do our little prayer circle out in the uh, rec yard, drinking coffee together. You know, I started telling them to take classes together. We started going to computer classes, art classes, mm. stuff like that. And staying focused up in there. And I had to talk with them about, you know, what I was going through. Yeah. You know, I was like, I've never been in this situation before, but I, I'm fighting life, you know. And um, I was like, what you looking at? I asked each and every one, and we have a circle. What you looking at? How much time you looking at? Oh, a year. And I was like, what about you? You don't know? Okay. What they talking about? Double digits? Wow. I'm like, okay, but all the people I gravitated to that had short time, like a year, county year lid, or you know, six months or whatever the case may be. And I told him, like, you know, you guys got a chance to go out there and turn your life around. And I was like, you know, for me, the set was a curse. You know, every time I went back, something happened. You know, this time I went back, I was living with my mama and my mama staying in the set. So I gravitated back to selling drugs because I was doing good. I was living out in... um. Rialto, San Bernardino County. Oh, shit, okay. Uh, I had a job, had a car, had an apartment, you know, two-bedroom apartment. My kids had their own room. Um, I had a girlfriend living with me. Um, stuff started going downhill. Uh, after three and a half, I was my four-year relationship. Me and her fell out. She kind of helped me raise my kids and stuff, so she like, thank God, Mom, you know. Uh, we fell out, and she got hectic there. I feel like when I feel like my downfall is when I'm handling a situation that's like that, and it, it drives me back to want to sell drugs because mm. that makes me feel calm. Yeah, you know, like somebody have an addiction, like okay, they going through something with their spouse or something, they run to alcohol or drugs. My thing was back to hustling. That that was soothing me and made me feel better. Mm-hmm. That was my addiction. That's what you knew. That's what I knew, and that's that's what I, you know, even though I stopped doing it for a while, it's still there. Like, you know, like, immediately when I went out, you know, I'm like, let me walk around the corner, because I knew some hustlers, you know. Hey, what can I get a woo woo woo? All right, you can help me? All right. Go get it. And I see smokers around, hey, I got that shit. Good shit. So, call at me. You know, when they see me, I was like, never knock on my door. My family's there. Never come to my door. If you see me outside, it's all good. You know, and I, I started back mm-hmm. selling du- selling drugs, like selling drugs and shit, you know. Um, and there, though, uh, when they were, like, they were listening to me, you know. They were looking up to me, you know. So, like, when static came, if nobody was joining our circle and it was on the outside trying to be negative, or if they got into it with anybody, I took all their fades. 
So in 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 Linwood, I'm assuming, right? Had it been Linwood? Yeah. Or no? Or yep. was this in Dino? Linwood. Okay, Linwood. Um, you got to run fades. You got to do all that. Yep. Same same program. Same get down. So you're saying you had the healing circles going on. You had all these things, and I'm assuming that they looked up to you because you were there from prison. You're coming down. I I was there from prison, but I also was trying to, you know, guide them in a, in a different direction Good. because okay. I don't I don't want. I don't, for one, I didn't want to see them coming back because some people in my circles, they were fighting, you know, big mm. time, like 33 years, yeah. 10 years. It was anywhere from 10 years and up, you know? Okay. And some of those, some of those times, some of them numbers had L's on them, you know, so that they were fighting, you know? Some was way up in the, Digits like forty, but you know it came down. You know they wiped down. So, so you're surrounded by a bunch of still even then a bunch of people that were serving some real time. Yeah, and you yourself real time, were serving some and real time. a lot of them was babies. One thing I want to bring up was uh, your experience with one girl. You talked to me about where you talked to her. You asked her, or you you know you give her like a talk, like a, a pep talk, like hey, like you know it's not worth it, etc. Mm -hmm. You end up seeing her again later on. In the oh yeah. Right? Uh, yeah, my little homegirl, uh, Suave. But, Suave? No, nah, her name is Suave. It's oh. something like, high, but like, mm -hmm. yeah, oh, that's, no, that's, that's fire, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Yeah, she mixed. She Mexican and black, you know. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, she, you know, we had, me and her was close. Like, she was a part of that mentor, and she was mentoring with me, you know. But um, I also was mentoring her because, you know, we from the same era. We was from the same set, just different streets. But... She, you know, was having that same downfall. She go back to the set, something happened, she go to jail, you know. So I told her, you know, she had a girlfriend and stuff. I'm like, you know, once you get your girlfriend, move out, you know, once y'all get some jobs, move into an apartment together and live life. Like, you know, I know, you know, you got a, a, a parent that live over there or whatever, you know, just try to do something different because, you know, every time we go back, something happened. And the more we keep coming back to jail, the higher the time it's going to get. You know, and I was like, you might not even make it. You might wind up shot dead somewhere. You yeah. know, you never know. Like, anything can happen. Like, so I was like, man, I'm telling you, I don't want to see you in here no more. You know, do the best you can out there and, and just keep going, you know. Experience things you never experienced before. Go travel. Go do something. Like, you got a girlfriend. I do shit together, you know. Mm -hmm. But I seen her. Um few years later. Upstate? Yeah, she came to prison. She got out, did good for a while, but she came to prison. I seen her, I'm like, whoa. Damn. What happened, man? Like, yeah. why are you here? But unfortunately, when she came, she didn't really have that much time. She had a few months to do in prison, and she was going to be out. And I was just like, I know. I said, let me just ask you one thing. What happened? How you get here? She said, I went back. I said, I told you, it's a curse. That's the answer right there. Yeah, she said she went back, so... All I could do is like you know I said well you know what we used to do all the time and he was and she was like yeah I've been praying you know and I've been on my toes you know and she had one incident up there you know and after that it was it was cool she went home and I ain't seen her again or heard from her so I assume she's doing good, good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah that was yeah. a good thing.
Shout out to to whoever it is. Yeah, and hopefully she sees yeah. us like, yo, that's Larissa. What the fuck? Yeah, you know, she probably crazy. gonna say low key. That, <laughs> that's low key, <laughs> Larissa. I'm sorry. Right. Um, that so going through this time, like you know, you're 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 in there. You're trying to. You're already like what Tristan is. You're already mentoring. You're already trying to help individuals out. Mm-hmm. Um, now, when you get into that, when you're doing the, your time. What kind of experiences are you having? Like, where's your mental health at? Especially knowing that you got your kids on your outside on the outside. Wow, that's a good question. My mental health was screwed up, but in front of them, I held it together. But my mind was, man, my mind was so fucked up, dude. Like, I didn't know what to do. Only thing I knew was just to turn to God, because that's the only thing that could help me in my situation. Mm-hmm. So at times, like my, you know how like you just think so much, like your mind spinning and, and, and it's just anxieties, you know. So I couldn't handle it. Like I felt like I was going nuts. But like you know, like the only thing I couldn't change in front of them was like my facial expressions. Like that's a gene thing. Like whatever I'm feeling, my face gonna show it, you know. And I'll try to change my face if somebody recognizes it or whatever, you know. But it's too late. But I had to get on psych meds. I couldn't handle it. Wow, was that to that point? I couldn't handle it. It was it was just to a point where I couldn't sleep at night. Like I was constantly thinking, and it was a lot of stuff going on in there. And then all of a sudden, um, um, this uh, Mexican cop—I can't remember his name—start with A. I want to say Avaro or something. But he came, and he was, like, known. Everybody knew him. And he came, and he was like, I need you. I got a band to put on you. I'm like, what? And we already know that he come with the K bands, the K-10 bands, and K-2 bands and all that. That mean bands? Like, I'm thinking That mean, um, like, like keep away. Like, you got to be a keep away from another inmate. So I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what I need a band for? I said, man, I've been in this in this pot almost uh, going on a year, and you want to put a band on me? I said, I've been doing good, Mr. Avaro. He was like, it ain't you. He said, you're starting to get too many witnesses up in here. I'm like, what? He was like, you got one next door in the pot next door. You got one on the other side because it's 3,800 and 3,700. You got one on 36 and 3,500 side. I'm like, what? He was like, yeah. He was like, so... For your own safety, we have to move you. And I did not want to move. And I'm like, man, I'm used to the deputies over here. Mm-hmm. I'm used to the inmates. And I'm like, you know, some of my, a lot of my people had got out. Some of them were still in there, you know. So I'm like, fuck. Like, I was mad because first they came the day before or two days before, they came and got this girl who we always used to have our visits together. Her, her parents and mom come with her son. My kid's father come with my two daughters, you know. And we always sit right next to each other, so it's kind of like having our visits together. Even though she's doing her own thing, I'm doing my own thing. But we also went on a visit, same day, same time. Mm-hmm. They took her first, and she was finding a big sentence too. So when they took her, we was like tripped out, like you know what happened? Why they take her? Did they come for me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, damn, like what the hell? I was like, so where, where I'm going? Where are you transferring me to? He yeah. said, you going to a pod where they can keep more, you know, eyes on you. Eyes on me. He was like, "Yeah, but it's also a safety thing." I said, "So where I'm going?" He was like, "To the high power floor." I'm like, "To the high power say, floor." It has to be high power. I'm like, but "What?" I said, "So I'm know. only going to program 23 hours a day?" 
Hold on, what, hold on. What's the high power for? I'm like, so, I'm not so gonna be able to program for 23 hours a day. Basically. But guess what? He said, no, nah, you're going to be still in blues. You're going to get your program. Oh, okay. That's good. So yeah. it was a floor. It was a floor. It was a, a floor. It was a pot on that floor, on a high power floor, just one pot, and it was a small pot. And and it was with, you know, with, with uh, we still had our blues on. It was like a regular dorm, like regular GP. But we was just up there. And then the, all the other pods around us was surrounded with people with orange on. Orange. So I used to be like, damn. So we used to slide books, different books under the door. We used to swap out books, swap out magazines and stuff like that. And, like, mm. you know, correspond with each other a little bit, shoot letters. And, you know, I didn't do none of that kite stuff, but I did the book things and the magazine things. You said kite? Yeah, kite, like a note. Like people, they t- they call them kites up in there. You used to fold it like a little kite or whatever and slide it under the door. Like like your con- like conversations? Mm-hmm. like. Hey, back and forth it can be anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like, hey, how you doing? Good, mm-hmm. pass back. Yeah. Okay, but but just to touch on this whole bracelet thing, basically yeah. you're categorized when you go in there. If you fight someone, that's basically if they catch you, that's considered your enemy. So he's gonna wear a certain band color. You're gonna wear a certain band color. Your little wristband. So every so basically the way they keep track of you, they give you this band, plastic band with the barcode that you can't take off. So they have count time, they have whatever, whatever, right? Then they walk by and they fucking scan your ass, and now you're good. So they can't scan someone that you got into a fight with, so they're your keepaways. They, they, classifications, basically. This is trippy, because this is a whole another level of classification. I have never heard so, of thus far. Yeah. So Larissa end up having to go high power. Being? Being, her case may be a little crazy, murders, um, or it could All be the a, witnesses. A, witnesses. It could be a lot of things, right? So then they kind of try to keep you away from everybody else, and then they put you in oranges. That's normally the sign for at least the males. And then like powder blues would be for people with mental health issues. And then you have browns, people with medical issues that got bit by the dog. It goes on and on and on. So you had powder blues. No, I had oh, dark yeah. mental health. Yeah, she had regular blues. <laughs> okay, okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I apologize. I apologize. I'm like, so you have blues, blues. I'm dark assuming. blues, which is you know regular GP right. shit. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. that's a lot. Okay, so you're confused then. You're confused at this time when you I got was in, confused, but were... when I got up there, I got used to it. I mean, the the pot was really very smaller than the one I came mm. from, and I think they had about. Probably about eight cells or ten cells in there. It was very small. A lot of uh, that was still cell living. Yeah, it was still cell living. I was sing- single cell. Um, because it wasn't Damn, very. Me- but I ran into huh? old girl that they, they that they took before, so that was cool. I was down there with somebody I knew. Um, I guess I, I wind up protecting this pregnant girl from MS because oh all God. these other Mexican girls wanted to jump her, but. Being the fact that she was pregnant, I was like, "No, nah, that's not gonna happen." So that kind of that that happens, like, because that's a whole new like. They were waiting for her to come out the cell. She was upstairs, like at the end. And you think you get a pass for being pregnant? I no? would assume so too. Nah, I'm she wasn't getting lie. no pass. No pass at all. I had to intervene in that because they, they they look at me in a, like a respectable a respect for him. So I told him like, you know, I'm not gonna let y'all do that to her. This girl got a life in her body, mm. you know. Trying to get more time. That should take some fucking. That's courage, murder and attempted murder right there with somebody carrying a baby. Period. That is. You fight them, it's a wrap. That's nuts. That's I, true. You would think they go to their own pod. Pregnant pe- girls, no? 
Nah, they they house with us. They just get special meals. Okay. That's that's that is interesting, and I, I think that makes sense. At least what you mentioned, they would go to their own pod and they got their own thing going on or whatever. Yeah, she's pregnant. Yeah. yeah. Um. Shit. So so take us to. Basically, the day that you got sentenced, what happens then? How did you know that this was coming to an end and you were about to get hit with your time? Oh, wow. Well, the day I got sentenced, um, I thought I was getting sentenced to 11 years for voluntary manslaughter. Because they offered that deal or something? That was the deal. That was the deal. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, I'm in a holding tank waiting, you know, to go get sentenced. And then the lawyer comes to the uh, cell and he tells me, that the judge want to talk to me. So I'm like, why does the judge want to talk to me? Mm-hmm. So he was like, you still have your deal, but, you know, something else came up. Oh, my God. So the judge was like, you're going to get the deal the DA has on the table is 11 years for voluntary manslaughter, but you're also going to get a 10-year gun enhancement. So you'll get a total of 21 years. And then he said, with 85%, he said, you'll get out and still have a life for yourself. Yeah, right. He was like, so that's what I was getting sentenced to. So the caught me in court an hour later. I was just crying because I didn't know what to do. But I said, I guess this is the blessing that God gave me because I prayed, prayed, prayed that I didn't get a life sentence. And here I am with 85%. That part. So I said, you know what, I'm gonna go ahead and take this shit, and and I was ready to go upstate. I was sick of the t- county already. Uh, just closed in. I got up to 206 pounds. I was just big, and I needed to walk, exercise, do all that, and just move around. So the I went into court. The girl, the deceased girl mother, was there, mm. and. You know, right before I got sentenced, she asked the judge if she could just speak her piece to me. Um, The judge called the lawyer, and the lawyer was like, I don't know, I don't want my client. And judge asked me, are you okay with Ms. Williams speaking with you? And I said, yes. And my lawyer's next to me on some negative stuff talking about, you don't have you don't have to look at her. You don't have to talk to her if you don't want to talk to her. Like he's saying all this way out stuff, and I'm just looking at the lady, because I'm trying to hear what the lady got to say. So the lady told me she was like, you know, um, I've been praying for you. She was like, and I want you to know, I forgive you for taking my only child. And mm. she said, I pray that you go to prison and you find God. And she was like. Because the things that you're doing out here, whatever you was doing, or I don't know if you took other lives, but she said that's like a walking dead person or something. She was like, so I just want you to know that I forgive you for taking my only child, and I hope you find God when you go to prison. And that's what she told me straight up. Damn, that's deep as hell. Yeah. No, it's deep as shit, bro. How do you even... uh take that in even thinking about putting yourself in the parent's shoes and and um yeah it took i don't know it's just it, deep it's hella deep yeah you know? it took me a long time to forgive myself even though she forgave me you know right right i mean i thought i would never forgive my own self you feel me but it, it took me a long time you know like i couldn't believe it like how could she forgive mm-hmm. me you know her only child you know but um 
I wind up telling this story in prison, and I was going through some stuff in there because I could not forgive myself, and they said that I wasn't going to find peace until I did, you know. So it eventually happened, but it didn't happen to like, the end of my time when I got close to getting out, you know. All the years, I had never forgave myself doing all that time. But when it got close to me getting out and I joined a, a woman advisory council and I started have to be, now I'm not just a mentor for a group of people. I'm a, I'm a voice for the whole MA population. Mm-hmm. So they're counting on me, and it's only my whole team. It was just six of us that, you know, have to be a voice for the whole prison. So... I really had to change my perspectives on a lot of things, and I have to, like, you know, be open with a lot of people, whether, you know, it didn't matter what they was, EOP, you had to have patience for these people, Mm. and that's basically what I did. When you say MA population, what does that mean? The whole prison population. Really? Yes. Damn, that's a lot of... Not no units, not no, you know, cells, certain cells, the whole population. The whole population. The whole population. So after the um, the mama, the victim speaks, do you feel like that, that helped you or, or not during the sentence? No, at that time, I still was in my emotions. It was a done about deal? About the time, yeah. Uh, I was just in my emotions. Like, I accept what she said. And to be honest with you, I was in my emotions about the time. Like, yeah, I know yeah. she said what she said. A lot going on. Yeah. And it was a lot going on, but my emotions were still at the time because at that time I'm like thinking like, dang, this is how long I'm gonna be away from my daughters, you know? Like, so I was somewhere else, another world. So they said, like, what, what but they I did, say? I was there. I, I did listen to what she said, and I heard mm-hmm. her, and I can hear her. Mm-hmm. I can hear them words. I can hear them over and over. Like I can hear her saying that. Mm-hmm. I can see her face, all the stuff. But um, I was in my emotion about my time, right? I was just thinking like, dang, I'm gonna be locked up for this long yeah. I'm not gonna see my kids for this long like you know what prison they gonna send me to because if I'm going to Chachilla like I know my family ain't driving that far like you know I'm thinking like I'm gonna have to figure out how I'm gonna get closer you know to home so I can get these visits from my family like I'm already thinking about going in running a positive program you know like people get time all this time and stuff they go in right don't give a damn like they want to fight like they don't care or give a fuck about nothing so it's like they coming in swinging. Like, you know, me, I went in humble, but I didn't turn nothing down. I didn't turn no face down. I went in there humble. Um, at first, I didn't care about, you know, fighting or whatever, but then I, I started peeping things out, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to start turning down face in front of the police. If somebody want to fight me in front of the police, they don't want to slide to the side, then they a coward. You know, so I was mm, like, you know, I'm not into yeah. getting in trouble, catching no, no 115s. I'm trying to go home. So if you don't want to slide to the back and we can get down in the back, you talking about getting down right here in front of these cops, then I'm going to walk away from it. That's when I started to grow. You know, I really started to grow because, you know, you don't turn down nothing, you know. But I'm going to turn down these because I'm not I'm not getting no write-up from nobody. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to go home. I'm not trying because when you get a write-up, you get extra time at right. a time. Because I did get about 250 extra days added just from catching 115s fighting and stuff. You know, because if somebody take off on you in front of the cops, you (laughs) you ain't got nothing to lose. And that happened to me a couple times, and I'm not pinching let nobody just take off on me. So, isn't it frowned upon to take off in front of the cop, though? Yeah, a girl took off on me and missed, but my, (laughs) 
I was already there, so yeah. you know, so it was too late. Like I was already mm-hmm. running up on him, you know. So, but but you know what? I'm I'm so happy to hear that that you knew because you already had just finished a bid technically, um, didn't go home, but you already kind of knew the mindset that you needed to have. Yeah, with this new sentence in order to get the fuck out sooner. Rather yeah, than people later. was tripping off of me. They was like, "You doing your time like you don't have a lot of time." You know, some people going there, they turn bitter, they turn ugly, and you know, aggressive. I still was humble. You feel me? Right. I still had peace. You feel me? Like, just the fact that God answered my prayers. Yeah, I got a lot of time, but guess what? That man, I asked that man not to give me life, and he didn't. You feel me? So that was a that was a deal that I made with God. So I was just stuck on a deal like, okay, like, he gave me this deal to do this 21 years, and this is a deal between me and God, and this is how I'm going to do it. 21. 85? 85 percent. 85 percent. I did 17 off of it. Bam. Yep. 17 years. When and so how this did is you se- stay- This is 17 included with with the the first one. The first one. Yeah, 17 years I was in there. Which still is like fucking. You didn't get out at any point in time. Mm-hmm. So right. Like, no. You know, it's consecutive years. at that point, 17 right? 17 fucking yep. years. So when you get up there. You already carry yourself a little different, and you're already up on game a little bit. You've been schooled. Um, pretty a much, bit when you, you get to prison, them people are already up on game about you before you get there. Mm. So no way. nobody approached me. People said I looked at mean, but a lot of people knew. Like you know, once they got to know me, like oh, she cool as fuck, you know. Okay. But you know, people were scared to approach me. Once they did, and they got to know me, I was like, oh, you look mean. But then when you get to know you, you like cool as fuck, you know. Like um, I basically just. I, I stayed low-key. I stayed to myself, you know. I didn't hang out. They would people hang out in groups and crowds. I didn't do none of that, you know. I got me a girlfriend, shacked up, and even when my homegirls came through there, I didn't even hang with them too much. I might go out and be with them out there for like 20 minutes or so, and I'm back in with my, with my girl. And it was just me, whoever I was dating, it was just me and that person. And that's how I did my time. Like, I'm not with none of that group stuff, but if somebody needed that and they wanted that, you know, they can get it. Like, you know, I'll get down with them, like, in a heartbeat. Question. That's a good way to do your time. Yeah. What's it like having a relationship in prison? Um, I know, is it forever? <laughs> is it like a weekend, you know? Oh, uh, no. I mean, when I was in a relationship, my first relationship was uh, two years. Two years, and the girl got out. You know, um, how you feel when she's leaving? Like, what do you? What are? What's uh, going through your mind? I mean, it's a it's a hurtful feeling because you know you're used to this person, and now that person ain't gonna be there. You feel mm-hmm. me? So it's something like you used to getting just out of nowhere. She's gone, so you just gotta get through that. Like, and and the way I got through that is by phone calls and letters, and mm-hmm. she sent me money or whatever packages or whatever you know. But we stayed in contact for a whole year, and after that whole year, I was like, "Spread your wings and fly." You know, I still got time to do go do you. you know? But she showed yeah, me that loyalty after she got out. She showed me that loyalty for a year, and I'm I was good with that. That's so, what's yeah. up. You know? How 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 um how are you romantic in in prison? Like y'all ain't got no candles, you don't have like you know rose petals or anything like that. So I'm curious to know, and I'm this is genuine because I'm interested she in hit me like, with a package, huh? Like yeah, you know, be. like here's an extra couple noodles, like you know. How, no, up in there, like uh, don't get it twisted. Up in prison, <laughs> we sorry. can cook. You feel me? We oh, we cook no. food. You know what I'm saying? So. You know, she share her love through food. You know, we lay up, watch movies together. You know, we go on walks together. You know, 
go to like groups together, or whatever. You know, that's what we did. Like, you know, we did quality that time. together. Quality time, you call that quality time. You can you go out to the main yard, put out a little tarp, like we having a little picnic. Out there in the grass. Oh shit! Let me see. You got some game on you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> she over here doing pig pigs. <laughs> Fuck. Or Larissa. Yep. I'm so sorry. I didn't get used to that. Yo, that's wild though. Like that's that's interesting because obviously you can't do that. Like, did you see that here when you were incarcerated beforehand? Like, no, you didn't see that. Like, no. They actually have their their own yards. That population. Okay. You know it is it is what it is. But I didn't um, know that we have our own yards too. But we got one big yard for the whole all the small yards. Mm-hmm. It's called yeah, the main okay. yard. The main yard. Yeah. So the different buildings go out to that. Everybody. Mm-hmm. Sees you can go out yard. to the main yard. In the main yard, you get to see people from other yards oh, okay. that don't live Man. on your yards. And then, or you can just stay on the little yard and hang with people on your little yard because on the little yard they got like uh, four dorms, like four units. Mm. There's the four units with four halls of rooms. This is at a uh, Chachilla. I went. I was at Chachilla doing my A yard on Chachilla, and then I went to Valley State Prison. And that's another women's prison. Yeah, right well? across okay. the street from, um, not too far from gotcha. Chachilla. Yeah. Because for some reason, like on the male side, all you ever hear is Chachilla. You don't hear any other women's prison other than maybe CIW. Yeah, because because the, so the Chachilla is more of a down south. Uh, Ah. It's like from the from from south, like from LA, like a lot of mm. people from that area in that prison. And then Valley State Prison was from Up from north. the north. Okay, you know what I'm gotcha. saying? You got all the Bay Area people in that prison and stuff like that. Everything. Like yeah, okay. so it's a little mixed up and stuff. But you have more of them people. You know what I'm saying? And then if you think about it, when it comes to like gangs, they was more at Chachilla. When it comes to drugs, it was more at Valley State Prison. Mm. Yeah. That's interesting. I never, I never would have thought. I didn't even know there was a prison named Valley. State. I knew if I stay over here with the gangs, because I had homegirls that had a whole yard set up, mm. sewed up, and I could hear all the stuff going on. I was like, you know what? I'm not trying to go over there with them because I'm going home. Like, I'm yeah. not supposed to be over here getting extra time. That. I'm not yeah. about to max out none of that stuff. So, I asked that lieutenant to send me to Valley State Prison. I want to go over here where I don't know nobody at. Mm. So that's what I did. Damn. Okay, so you went up north. How many years did you have in at that time? Uh, shoot, I didn't. Well, I didn't have no years in. I did what almost ten months on AR because I had a lot of time. They made me stay over there like like eight months, I guess. Damn. On okay. AR, so I did that, and then when it was time for me to choose if I wanted to stay there or go somewhere else, I chose Valley State Prison because I didn't. I believe they was they wasn't gonna let me go to CIW. Because I had too much time. So I went on went for Valley State Prison. I said, from Valley State Prison, I'm going to try to get down south and go to CIW. Gotcha. And that's that was the plan. Uh, that's what happened. That's, that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, during that whole time, did you start thinking about, knowing that, that you didn't have an L, did you start preparing yourself to come out with, with the coastline, Follows back this college, the 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 whole, you know. The- uh, my thing was is they wanted me to do a lot of, like groups and yeah. stuff like that. So when I got to Valley State Prison, you know, I dealt with a lot of backlashes because of my case. Mm. So I tried to get in some groups down there. Them lifers wasn't happening. The lifers Wait, weren't happening? Mm-mm. Why, why were they I not would go, it? Out I would, of curiosity. I would go to group the first night. The next night I go, my name ain't on the list. And lifers was doing that. But because you were so fresh and they didn't believe that you were I was so fresh and they knew the girl in my case oh, okay. because gotcha. she was like oh, in, she was a per- type of person that was 
in and out of prison. Mm. And so I don't know. This is my first time. So, yeah, That's she had a reputation, reputation. Uh, a big reputation, and everybody knew her. Stuff like that, so people were feeling kind of salty towards me. Yeah. If that's but, the case, and I'm sorry, this is, but if that's the case, were you weren't getting any kind of attraction in regards to like violent attraction, like people were trying to come at you? Oh yeah, I was getting uh, death threats. Uh, kite slide under the door, come out to the main yard. Uh, we gonna lock you, sock you, razor blade you, all Damn. of that. So my homegirl started have a meeting, and you know I got my own mind. So when they say they're having a meeting, I'm not knowing it's about me. So when we go over there, I kind of be stuck. When I find out about me, it kind of pisses me off. You right. know? Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, they talking about they want to get at you. Like, you going to. And, they, and it, these people they talking about are two girls that testified on my case. Whoa. So I went through all this county time and ran up into them. They got even locked up in my pot some t- in a holding tank with me on the way going to court sometimes. They would beat on the door, uh, call the police. Tell the police that they was in there with me. They wasn't supposed to be in there with me because they had a witness against me. And it was just crazy. And I yeah. couldn't believe they were saying all this stuff. Like, I was not, had no intention on touching these people. Mm-hmm. I'm not offense to fight you or none of that because I'm, I'm I'm in court. I'm about to go to trial. I'm not offense to be going to the hole and going to court with, with whole clothes on. And, and I got to appear in front of the judge like that. And the judge know everything that go on with you while you incarcerated. Mm-hmm. So if you get in trouble, he already know right. before you come to court, you know. And that look bad on you, you know. And I'm getting ready to go to trial. You so, so I'm like, I'm sitting in a corner. I guess her friends are trying to tell her, like, because she was talking about me in a case. And I was just sitting there with my legs crossed. And they, like, kind of tell her, like, she, you know, she got scared, you know. Finally, when the girl turned around and looked, her eyes got so big, and she ran straight to the door, started beating on the door. Mm-hmm. You know, police came, took her out of there or whatever. But I'm like, we had all these encounters where I didn't do nothing to y'all when we was in the county, so what makes you think I'm going to come to prison and do something to you? I'm not going to yeah. do nothing to you here. Either go and live your life. Or, but I gave them, I opened up that door for them. If you feel that you need to get out with me, you can get out because I believe I would do that if somebody took my homegirl or you know, for me or whatever. Every time I see you, it's on sight, you know. But unfortunately, she tried to gather this entourage, had them sending me death threats, had me sending me kites. And, you know, when you come out, they had this meeting. I said, I don't care what none of y'all talking about. I'm in here on my own number. I'm doing my own time. I already have to listen to what they tell me to do, when to wake up, when to eat. You know, I don't need y'all telling me shit. I said, I'm going to army by myself. I said, if they want to see me, I said, half of these bitches live on this yard. They walk past me every day. So when they see me, it's going to be on my time, not their time. They want me to come out there right now, I'm not going to come out there right now. I'm going to come out there on my own time, and I hope they be ready. Damn. Finally went out there by myself, and when I went out there, I'm looking around for the people who started this commotion. I walk up to the first girl, the one that beat on the door and was in the county. She really tall. And I walk up to her, and I'm like, you talking all that shit and, sli- and having these puppet people sending me death threats. What's up now? I'm right here. I put up my pants and squared off on her. Like, you you need that? You want that? You need that? I'm like, what's happening? And she was just standing there like she didn't want to fight. And I was look- I was scanning the yard. I looked around. I seen the other girl on the track walking around. So I walked out there, pulled my pants up a little bit more, and I'm like, she stopped, like, probably from this wall. And I was probably where that wall at. So she started tying up her shoes and stuff. She had long, long, real long dreads. She started wrapping it up. And when she walked out, when she walked down by me some, 
I said, what's up? You need that? And then she was like shaking her head. Like she wasn't really responding. And then she was like, can I just ask you one question? I was like, you want to ask me a question or you mm -hmm. need that? Like what's happening? Like I ain't here to waste my time. And then she was like, oh, she was like, I didn't even come to court on you when you was getting ready, when you got your hung jury and you was about to take your case back to trial. She was like, I didn't come to court on you for a reason. Like, like I don't, I ain't trying to have no drama with you, but I just want to ask one question. And I was like, what? She was like, did you know her? I was like, did I know who? She was like, the girl in your case. I'm like, no, I didn't know her. You know? And um, when she, she just started walking, and when she started walking, she just screamed. Ah! Like, she just screamed. Like, and for so, no reason. Like, just, just out of nowhere, yeah, she like, just screamed. Like, like from the top of her lungs. Like, she she was like this. Like, she just started screaming. So Was she someone of this girl or something? like? A yeah, they were close. They're all friends. Uh, like, the, the first one I walked up to, they were all together at night. That yeah. happened. Uh, except the one with the dress, she had walked around the corner, like somewhere, walking some girls to their car. But so you the, walked the irony that you guys land together, right? Jesus, you know. Yeah. So you walked up to the first one because she gave. Well, they tried to, to like the, the first one. She tried to do some police stuff on me when we was on a yard, and then she tried to do it again mm -hmm. at VSP because mm -hmm. she had the detective sent to my door, woke me up out my sleep, had me come down to the little uh, food table, sit right there, talk to him. He was like, "Okay," he was like. So what are you here for? That instantly irritated me because I'm in prison. So how do a detective come wake you up out your sleep in the cell, bring you downstairs to the table, and say, what are you here for? You already know my whole rundown. Like, come, I'm like, come that on, part, sir. For real. I'm hell? like, come on, sir. Don't play these games with me. I'm like, yeah. whatever you brought me down here, you woke me up out my sleep, whatever you called me down here for, just shoot it to me straight because I'm like, I already know that you know what I'm in here for. I'm in prison. Come on, man. So he like, okay, so you just got done fighting the case. And then he was like, you know you got a witness here, right? I said, yeah, I know she here. Her name is Loanna Watson. I was like, what's the problem, though? Mm. And he was like, so she feel like you, you're going to try to harm her. I said, I, don't got, I said, look, sir, let me tell you something. I, I just came to prison. All I'm trying to do is start my time and do my time. That's all I want to do. I'm not worried about that girl. If I was worried about that girl, I could have got her when we was in the county so many times. I said, I'm not worried about her. I don't got no beef with her, none of that stuff. Like, you know, she yeah. testified, did what she did. I got my time. I'm in here, and this is what I'm trying to do. I'm not worried about her. He says, so are you willing to sign another enemy crimes? I said, yes, sir. He bought it to me an hour later. I seen that her name was on there, but she hadn't signed yet, so I signed it, whatever. Got shipped to VSP. <laughs> Two months after I was there, she tried to pull the same thing on me. Like after that whole little scenery on them, when I went out there to the yard mm -hmm. and confronted her and uh, embarrassed her or whatever, she uh, the my counselor called me and my counselor said we got to do an emergency transfer review on you. Oh man, you know that means yeah. ship to another prison. So I'm like, that's because like a, that's because they're worried of what you're gonna do or whatever she told them. Yeah. So whatever she told him, he was like, do you know, um, he was like, a person came and said that, you know, they told us X, Y, Z, and we looked up your case, and they pretty much nailed it down. Like it makes like, sense. Like, like it makes sense. Like we believe this person. Mm -hmm. So I was like, sir, I just went through the same thing on yeah. a yard. 
I said, so if you look deeper into my C file, you'll see that me and this girl have a non-enemy chrono. So how can you have me emergency transfer review on me and ship me to another prison when she signed? Because I signed, so I know she signed. Because if she didn't sign, one of us would have got shipped at that other prison, and it didn't happen. She was still there until she came over here, and I was still there until I came over here. Like, did I know she was coming this way? Right. No, I didn't. Right. You know? It's either you stay here or you go somewhere else. Uh, it's two other prisons that you can go to, which was uh, um, Valley State Prison and the prison in Chino, which was California Institution for Women, CIW. Mm. So, yeah. So you're you're literally just trying to fight your fight like you're literally your freedom even within prison like you're still trying to fight like your like your innocence within the prison like trying to explain to the, the idea like yo like I'm just here to do my time but that's yeah it. I was humble and but but you know like if you came in with me with the, you came at me with the bullshit then right. we can get it cracking like that's right. how it was with me like I ain't looking for nothing but mm-hmm. if it come to me then we can handle it. You feel me? That's that's how I did my time. I didn't go looking for trouble, mm-hmm. but if trouble try to come to me, I finna nip it in the bud real quick. Mm-hmm. And I already know, like when I fight one person and I beat the shit out of them, it's like knocking ten bitches down with, behind them. Yeah, like ain't nobody gonna fuck with you. Period. Did that ever die down? Did that end up? Dying yeah, down it died down quick, and down? people start like um, res- respecting me or whatever because they seen how I carry myself in a different manner. You know, I always walked with my head high, never looked down on the ground. Like, I always gave people eye contact, you know. always was cordial, spoke to people. I mean, even um, was cordial with the enemies. Didn't hang with them, nothing like that, but it was a respectable thing. Like, you seen them, mm. they spoke. I spoke back, like, you know, hey, hey, how you doing? And keep it moving. Like, you know, that it was what it was. Top of the morning. Head and yep. on, get on with your day. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you in classes with these people. Sometimes... Yeah. You know, they don't want to have to help you with they with, right. with whatever you know because they're being they're in that that um, that uh, that type of environment where they have to do that you mm-hmm. know like groups and stuff like that like they be the ones that teach right. in the class sometimes. So I I want to I want to kind of start touching now when you started getting released because you didn't you didn't just get released you went through a specific a specific uh, outlet. Yeah, so... Why, did you have to go to board and all that, too? No. Okay. I didn't, thank God. I did not have right. to do board, but I had to go to committee because before I went to the halfway house, I was trying to go to fire camp. Mm. I went through the whole fire camp training and moved units to the fire camp unit. And, you know, them officers over there know that I've been down for a long time, so they was basically like, damn, like, when I went to that fire camp unit, I was like, it was like being in the county all over again. It was, it was Damn. way out to me. It was like, it was kind of like deja vu, but like, what the fuck? Like, oh my god! Like, it was trash everywhere. It's like, like the county. Right? It was like the county, <laughs> and then these girls everywhere, everybody talking. I'm like, loud, and I'm like. Wow, and I'm now I got moved out of honor unit. I was in the honor unit, mm. so it's nice and quiet. And honor being, unit being like what? I don't know. That, that's honor a, unit where you have your own mini canteen. You can go buy hot food. You can buy Ooh, ice cream. Man. You what? buy sodas. Honor unit. Okay. Yeah, we had our own like TV room, and then we had another lounge room in the back. You know, uh, and we had a day room in the front. So we had three areas we can go kick it at. 
we would have movie nights. All that shit was cool. You go to mini canteen, it'd be open for a certain hour. That's a vibe. You buy popcorn and eat your popcorn, watch the movies, and you know, you do whatever you want. Like, shoot, they had hamburgers. You can buy hamburgers and buy put, hamburgers? throw them in the microwave. Yeah. Tell them, though, like as good food. as that sounds, though, you're still in prison. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah. Still in prison. Well, it sounds good compared to the stories exactly. we've heard on previous no, podcasts for sure. Yeah. That's, that's well, the honor door kind of like you know because you've been out of trouble and you know only people go there. You got to be out of trouble for a certain amount of time and yeah. to qualify. But you know you get a you get a, a certification certificate thing mm-hmm. after you've completed one year. They get that. They put in your C file. Look good on you for being in the honor dorm. That look good on you. Like say you mm-hmm. go to committee, board, whatever. That's mm-hmm. gonna look good on you because. Took yourself out of a fast, bad environment and right. put yourself over here. Yeah. Honor when you when you hear honor unit, you're doing something good. Okay. You feel me? So you went through committee and then from there, you um what happened after that? I went to committee and I was like I was tripping because the 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 C C three, he wasn't feeling me. You heard that term before. He wasn't feeling me at all. See, I have heard that term. I'm not but then we had, we had the CC3, <laughs> we had the captain, and we had the deputy chief ward in there. Mm, big dogs, huh? So this, this um, CC3, he wasn't feeling me. He was like, you shot somebody. Woo-woo. And then uh, the captain, he was just sitting there like quiet, but like just with a stone face. But... I was tripped out because the deputy chief warden spoke up and he was like, well, yeah, she shot somebody. It ain't like she went down the boulevard blazing. She Only one bullet came out that gun. And then he said, you know, I've been watching you over the years. And then he said, and I love to see you go to our camp program and I love to see you mentor some of them kids. The deputy chief warden the said that. Warden. That's interesting. Yeah, I was like, wow, whoa. I couldn't believe it. Like, I had chills. And... The captain was like, yeah, I agree, because the CC3 did not want to send me. Mm-hmm. So the captain the captain and the deputy chief warden is over him. They hire higher authority than him, yeah. you know? And the deputy chief warden is higher than the captain. So I'm like, he like, yeah, I would love to see you go too. He said, so I agree for you to go out, for, for you to get transferred out to camp. He said, you've done some time and you've really gave back since you've mm-hmm. been here with you being on the advisory council, how you mentor. And then he said, you started your own group, right? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, what's the group you started? I said, I started an LGBTQ group. And he was like, you want to tell me why? I was like, because I wanted the LGBTQ people because it seemed like, you know, sometimes they get singled out and they didn't have a place to go to vent. So I wanted to start a self-help group for they can have a, a spot where they can go, sit and vent, talk about whatever they need to talk about. But I also wanted the transgender to be, you know, educated because there's a lot of girls here in prison. When you ask them, why do you get on a trustadone shot? They say because they want to be strong or they say because they want to grow facial hairs. I mean, they were saying like different things like mm-hmm. that. To me, I felt like, you know, maybe if I could have a, because uh, I already had a talk with the the chief of mental health, and he said he was willing to come to my class and speak, you know. So, and I really wanted him to educate the transgenders on the Trestadone shop because they was just diving into it. They was just jumping into it. Everybody wanted to be a man. 
you know. So the prison was offering all it kind of backlashed it a little bit <laughs> because the transgenders wasn't really feeling me, you know. Because once we, because I went around my whole group and I asked people, like, you know, I wrote the uh, letters LGBTQ on the board and I just started asking everybody, like, what do you identify as? Mm -hmm. And then it got to the point where they asked me. And then when I said lesbian, all the transgenders got mad because they thought I was transgender the whole time. Oh, shit. Yeah, so May wind up not wanting to come to the group. It's like, we're going to start our own group. And I said, that's fine. I did it. You can do it, too. You know, ain't no that's hate. You know, it's all love. Yeah, so that's 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 really dope. Like the fact that you're able to do something like that. Yeah, and you stay positive even after that, even after people were still looking at you like you know. Yeah, a, I did. I mean, like, come on now. Like, I still had that right. that mentality. Like, you know, you eat how you want it. Like, we slide to the back. Like, <laughs> we slide out of the eyesight. Like, I'm I'm good. We can get down. But like, you know, if it's from the cops, I'm turning it down, walking away. Larissa really sliding a lot, my boy. Yeah. No, yeah. You know what I think it is, is is that at the end of the day, you're still in that place. So you got to handle business sometimes. You no, it's like, demo, yeah, I done changed know? my life and I done turned over because people see me turn over from, from a different leaf because yeah. I was out there, you know, really hard thugging or whatever, doing my thing because I was, like I said, I was in there hustling too. Mm -hmm. You feel me? So when I changed all that, you know, I, once, once I turned cold turkey... I'm telling you, I had drugs. I gave them away for free. Uh, some people say they still wanted to pay me. You know, I would give the debts to my friends, like people that was just coming in that didn't really have nothing. Um, I just, I got rid of everything. I stopped everything cold turkey. The only thing that I didn't stop was I still had my cell phone. Because that was like my lifeline. I could talk to my kids anything right. I want. That's the only thing that I couldn't get rid of. But I stopped the... Uh, Drinking, uh, smoking weed a little bit. I stopped all of that shit. Gave up the drugs, all the shit. I cold turkey, everything. That's good. And then I moved to a church unit. It was called Faith Based Program, and I was in that program for a whole year. And then the program, the the unit I was in, and it that's when they turned it over to an honor dorm. So uh, I was there when they, okay. yeah. Okay. So and tell I, me not, from now. Uh, I qualified for it, so I stayed. Mm -hmm. Tell me if I'm wrong. So she's saying now church-based unit. Are there units like that within, like, different? No, you just go to, like, the chapel. You go to church. Right. And so this is a specific a location for yeah. mm -hmm. for church. That's interesting. Okay. So now we, let's now let's, let's talk about when you're yeah. getting released now. So you're getting released. Um, what was that process like for you? Whoa. Okay. So what happened was COVID came, right? Mm-hmm. So Damn, it shut everything down. Everything. So that messed up my thing for camp. So I wind up signing up for the halfway house for it. They call it CCTRP. So I signed up for one. They told me they had a new one. They had just built this up in L.A. And I'm like, in L.A.? And I was like, because the one that was closer was Santa Fe Springs. But when they said they had one closer in Chinatown, I was like, ooh, I want to go to that one. You're already thinking your so, kids. You're, yeah. like, you're already thinking all this yeah, stuff, Yeah, I'm right? like, the closer I am yeah. to them, like they can get to me or whatever. That's how I go. So next thing you know, um, I go to the halfway house. Uh, the parole officer, the parole agent, she was cool. Mm -hmm. She told me the in and outs. She introduced me to the chef. Mm -hmm. She introduced me to the lady. She was like the, um, she was like uh, in a position like Mary. Executive oh, director. Like director. Yeah. That whole okay. Place. Yeah. She was like that. Like, like um, so I met her. 
And then I met a lot of people that came out and helped me get my luggage out. But that little ride on the, it was like a little shuttle like y'all's, but the only thing I was shackled up. So <laughs> that's kind of crazy. It's kind of it sounds crazy because you're gonna come, you're coming to a place where they're gonna take them off anyways. Like, right, yeah. right. You're, you're, you know what I mean. Whatever. Right, but uh, yeah, they, they, so I go in, they take them off, whatever, I stand against the wall, they take them off. But let me tell you the funny thing before, when they first put them on, before I left the prison, because I haven't worn these things in years since I, mm. you know, came in from another prison, you know, and as soon as he put them on and I tried to walk, I forgot things was on my, I was more tripped and oh, fell. With the ankle, <laughs> oh, no. the ankle ones too, too. Oh, yeah, I'm like, damn, hurt the hell out of my ankle. I was like, <laughs> but yeah, I get there. Uh, everybody's nice. So dinner was cool. They had served some like some tuna sandwiches and okay. salad, chips, and some um, some what you call that broccoli soup on the side. Like, oh, they mm, feed broccoli cheddar. Yeah. Oh, that sounds right now. Yeah, okay. I was like, dang, they gave you uh, healthy drinks and waters and stuff like that. So I was like, oh, it's like a healthy spot or something. But like, yeah, so I ate, went outside, and I was the first person in that program to go outside. Like the parole agent took me outside and interviewed me outside. And it was mm-hmm. other other participants out there as well mm-hmm. outside, but. You know, it was pretty cool. Like, she interviewed me out there. She introduced me to some of the girls out there. And it was it was interesting. And once they showed me where my room was, I was, like, in heaven. The bed was soft. I was, like, no more uh, racks. <laughs> right? So I had the closet, you know. Then we get to go to Walmart. I'm like, we get to go to Walmart? So it was cool, like you know, I was able to buy me some stuff, blankets, extra pillows, and stuff like that. Hey, how'd you tell me going to the hygiene section wasn't the craziest thing? Oh yeah, that was the craziest like, thing. Oh, but you know man. what? What happened? I came with so many hygiene from prison because when we was getting our boxes oh, and stuff, okay. so I was already stocked up on hygiene and stuff. It was just like clothes, bedding, towels, and stuff like that that I wanted for myself. Like the the program they yeah. supply for yeah. you, but I wanted my own different color stuff. You know, it was cool. That's no, interesting. Not that bad, man. So yeah. you, uh, so you even how'd you, how'd you feel going into Walmart though? Were you feeling a little weird? Like I was just looking around. And shit like I, I, that? I like, was look, I was looking around. I just kept looking, and you know we all were masked up, and I was like, damn, this is the world. Right, you're masked up. Everybody was masked up, COVID, so man, I was, was tripped out. World. I'm just watching everybody coming and going as they please. And as soon as we got in there, and then she said we could go shopping, it's just like it. It's just yeah. like I start doing it like it never stopped. It was just weird. Like, you like know? it just came natural. It just like came natural. Like, yeah, I couldn't find certain things. You know, like, you have mm-hmm. to ask people and stuff like that. But I'm like, where is that? Where is that? And I start, you know, reading the signs and stuff where they say they have stuff in this department and stuff like that. And this out. I just started reading. I just, I just, I just resumed, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> she said, play. All right. Back. Good, man. You, I you, resumed. Were, you were equipped in some way, shape, or form with those skills to jump back in it. Right. You know? Some people, I feel like um, they have them. It's just it takes them a little longer to act on mm-hmm. Well, when I first got out the van, I was kind of on edge, like, you know. Mm. But then, you know, I was just following everybody in, and I was like, you know, one of the girls was like, come on, because I was like the last one, because they look at me like a leader, and the, the people at the mm. program was like, you're going to help too, as, as well as you're going to shop. So I was like, I thought it was my job to walk behind them because – they don't want nobody to Got escape. You. So they put me in that leadership position. So when we went in there, 
I was like, so what do I do? You look right, left. You're like, you're saying I can just go out there, right? Like, yeah. So when she said go shop, she said you're gonna take mm. this person, that person, this person with you. And she was like, and I'm right here. And then they're gonna go over here to this aisle, and I'm gonna be standing right here waiting for you guys to come back to this basket. And I'm like, cool. So we had. So that's what we did. Can I ask you something? I haven't asked anybody this. This is the first right, time. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. What is it? It's, not, not, now you're gassing it. Oh, it's gonna yeah. be trash. It's gonna be a trash <laughs> question. Okay, when you got up, <laughs> this is gonna be a trash no, no, question. No, no, you gassed no, no. it. When you get off, when you get off the van, right? Mm-hmm. Been a minute. Mm-hmm. When you looked around, did you think, "Damn, those cars are nice"? I was looking at the cars when we was on a freeway. Okay. So I was like, "Okay, these must be smart cars. Everybody driving and stuff like uh. that." And I was like, "Dang, what well, I'm gonna be driving." I'm gonna be driving. Right. Like you weren't yeah. tripped out, like damn, what the hell is that? Or like a what? Tesla. No, nah, is, nah. is, that, is that guy driving? Nah, I wasn't by tripped like, out at all. I was just, I was just excited, and I was looking at all the cars, and I was like, you know, I want me a charger. If I don't get a charger, I want an Apollo. If I wow, you already trying to go I fast. Malibu, but you know what's crazy? I wind up getting a Malibu, a Chevy Malibu. Nice. The other one is cars that I that I say you know was on the list. Yeah, it was on the list. Yep. So you go through the program. Um, and what are you doing now? Like, are you giving resources? Because I I know I got to the program with my uh, mentor mentality, and I feel like they didn't have enough groups and stuff. So I started creating things and talking to Good. got close to the parole agent, and she was yeah. like, "Oh, I like that. I like that." She started typing up uh, proposals and stuff Damn, like she, that. You giving her? Game. I had over twenty some proposals, and I Damn. talked to every participant in a program, and I was like, "Hey." What do you think about this? Mm-hmm. I said, you rap, right? You want to have like a little music group? Like, oh, you do uh, church music? You want to have like, you know, church choir? Mm-hmm. She's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, you like the praise dance? You want to get a little praise dance group together? I'm like, oh, that's cool. I said, you do poetry. You want to get a poetry class going on? She's like, yeah. I said, oh, you. I said, what, what do you do? Oh, book a book, uh, like a book club. Mm-hmm. You want to start a book club? That's cool. Everything that I could think Damn, of. Marissa. Because when we got there, uh, they didn't have many groups, like one or two. We was bored. You feel me? So I'm like, we got to get something going. I was like, what about an art class? You like to do art? We can do art class on Saturdays, you know? I was like, an hour or two, like, you know? And I was like, hey, well, how, how don't we do some community thing? Like, well, we have a game day. We can go outside on the weekends and have all these different kind of games, and we kick it with each other. So I was coming up with all kind of ideas, and them people at the program did not like me. No. They thought I'd come in there to control their shit. Damn. I'm just trying to help out because we bored up in here, you know? Yeah, no, no, I, and I get it, right? You're you're used to the program in there. Now you find yourself with a bunch of fucking time, yeah. and you won't have those programs. But uh, do you think it was because um, now they're like, you know what? Now you got to get the fuck out there to go get a job. That was a battle was for me. Thing, that was no? a battle for me because the CC3 that we had there at the, uh, the halfway house, she wasn't trying to let nobody out that house. Um, I literally, I did everything I, I, I was supposed to do, ran a positive program, was a mentor mm-hmm. at the same time, um, came up with these ideas, helped them with it, and I made sure that we, we celebrate holidays, Cinco de Mayo, uh, um, June 16th, like, I made sure, like, you know, like, get with one of the staff, like, you know, one of the staff that I knew was cool, that liked me, I was like, we should do this, we should do that. Oh, yeah, yeah. She was like, put it on a proposal. We're going to get it started. I'm like, okay. We get put it on a proposal. She'll vouch for it, and we get it cracking. I have people doing skits. 
I had somebody do uh, George Floyd skit, and I played in it. I was George Floyd. What the? F- yeah. That's cool. That's, <laughs> that's very deep. Yeah, it was cool. Like you know, I had somebody do uh, Rosa Park. Okay. Damn, that's. Yeah, it was cool. Like we did a lot of different things and stuff, but you know, it was just. I think that's me. Mm-hmm. So eventually, they let you out to to go find something, get something going. Talk to us about that a little bit. You know, what? Kind of like, like yeah. oh, so, okay, so when they let me out, it's like, you know, first I got out and I went to this uh, job uh, place called JT Resources. Okay. So I they helped me with a labor job. Yeah. Um, I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wound up catching the flu because they had us working in the rain. They didn't mm-hmm. offer us no rain jackets or nothing like that. So I wound up catching the flu. So after that, I started, you know, browsing online and stuff. And I said, oh, PV Jobs. Let's see what this is oh, about. Oh, shit. Damn. So I Never see PV Jobs, and I um, go to the staff and say, you know, it's this organization that helps you with jobs. They got a little training going on. I want to do it. Mm-hmm. It's right up my alley, construction. And they was like, oh, you got to go through our, our system to do it. I said, well, when people find jobs, they just can go. Why do I got to go through a system? Like, you know, this is a training program, you know? Mm-hmm. And so they said I have to go through their system. So that's when I went through Alisa and them. And she started communicating with you guys for me and got me in the program. And um, one of the staff caught the bus with me down here, came into here, um, spoke with you guys, and learned where my classroom was going to be. And I start having this fill out a schedule, uh, a weekly schedule of the times that was on y'all calendar when I had to be there and I had to put an hour and a half or two hours before and after mm-hmm. because I had to catch the, the bus. bus yeah. Passes and all that. Okay. Yeah. So that started. So I started coming to you guys' classes. I graduate and now I want to enter the 500 hour class. So you guys set me up for that. I get to the 500-hour class. You guys treat me, treat me, you know, from the gate like I was family. Like, it was just love from, from the gate, you mm-hmm. know. So, um, I mean, it, it, was, it, was, it was a blessing to, you know, run into you guys because I was not only able to get out the, the program, but... Learning and meeting a lot of you, different personalities and, you know, different type of love and, and different type of help. And you guys consistent at it, like, you know, and then, you know, making sure I was able to get into the 500-hour class. And even after I graduated the class or was done with the class, you guys still let me stay there because I was still in the program and the program I didn't want to let now. me get no job. Right. So you guys let me stay there until I got out the program. Mm-hmm. And that was just it. And then, you know, all my times that, you know, I was bored, I just started painting. And the next thing you know, you guys put me in a painting unit. I mean, it's like, it's crazy. (laughs) So for y'all, that's crazy. Yeah, the whole thing, man. You guys had like an escort. Yeah. Let's hit up Marisa. She's ready. Why not painting? Right. Right. It was you and someone else, I believe. Another, another. Yeah, there's someone else with you, too. Yeah. Um, I was like, why not? We hit up the contractor. They're like, hey, are you willing? They're like, hell yeah, why not? We're like, Vanessa, ah, I got you. that's what exactly. it was, Vanessa. Exactly. And to kind of explain real quick what, what Larissa's talking about is she went through a construction-based training, which is like our three-week course. They do the in-class training stuff. And from there, we have a, a training site, construction training site on site. 
And so with that, what happens is that individuals that want to keep building their skills in, in construction, they come to that 500-hour training and they keep building on site. And so we have our trainers that help them out, you know, build their skills and, mm-hmm. and get better at what they do. And so and that's what you were doing at that point. Yeah. Um, and it's just dope. Like, we saw we saw the determination with Larissa. Yes. Like, yes. It, it's wild because we have so many individuals sometimes across the street that may not be ready, you know, can't pass a drug test or haven't been punctual to the trainings and things like that. And obviously, you take that into consideration because we don't want to set them up for failure. But we noticed Larissa, and we're like, wow, like, she's been on her stuff. We've been tracking it. She's been doing great. We got this great opportunity. We're like, Larissa most definitely will exceed at this. Right. So we got her plugged in into you what what, what union man. now? What union? Local, local what? 1036. Local 1036. Yeah. Shout out to Local 1036 for taking one of our individuals because um, let's be real, man. Like a lot of people come out and they don't know where they can go. And then unions give these opportunities to to help individuals out. Right. And so you're given the opportunity to get that. And then also there's benefits involved and things of that yes. sort that are so people don't realize how beneficial they are right. until they have them and need them. Right. And so... Um, and I just want to say too, I always tell my folks, it's not even us. We just throw a softball. Right, that part. You put it on the work. Mm-hmm. You did that everything. Part, yeah. You had to show up. You had to, it goes on and on mm-hmm. and on. It comes mm-hmm. from you. So, you know what I'm saying? You 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 put it down. You you put in the work and, and shit. You're still going at it. Right, mm-hmm. killing what, it. But what stage apprentice are you right now? Two seconds. Come on, man. Mm-hmm. Come on. And people, you relate. keep making money as you go in these stages. Like once you get journeyman level, what? You could be you making- race. Yeah, mm-hmm. 40, well, painters, and depending then it goes on higher the union. Than that, yeah, yeah. Well, sheet metal, so on and right. so forth, but whatever. But uh, that was it, man, and, and um, you stuck with it. I'm glad you stuck with it. You don't know how many times we go through the whole headache of, of getting people into the union, mm-hmm. and they may last. I had a guy, we did the whole shebang. He did the boot camp and everything. He lasted half a shift, and he said, you know what? This isn't for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, man, we did. We paid them paid. Three, four, five hundred. Again, none of this is a big deal. We're in a second chances. We're in a third chances, right? A but million chances. You got to be blunt with us. Let yeah. me know. Just say, you know what? I really ain't feeling it. You know, we're right. happy with that. I'm more than happy with that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but you're one of the individuals that took it around with it. You, you, you got the, Absolutely. you got a car. You got the whole everything. Right. You know? And you're venturing out now, right? Yeah. You're like doing different. You're trying to try different things. Like obviously, mm-hmm. you want to test the waters, right? Yep. Um. So now, what is your ultimate goal going forward for yourself right now? Um, Actually, wanna... real quick, let me ask you something. We didn't even touch on this. What? Shame on us for not what? touching on this, bro. When you got out with your kids, what was that like? Yeah, man. Man, first of all, my daughter, she picked me up. My oldest. So she was 12-ish? Uh, oh, no, 11-ish? Nine-ish? Yeah, she, she picked she's... me up. Now she's grown. Damn, so that has to be a trip. Man. She wow. picked me up, and um, she take me, because, you know, they give you 24 hours to see your parole agent. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see my parole agent right away. I just want to get it out the way. Yeah. So she took me to the parole agent office. Uh, she had us waiting a little bit, minute, because she, she wasn't there yet. Mm-hmm. So we went out to lunch. By the time we got back, I was able to see her. So we went to um, um, the Buffalo spot, mm. got some uh, food. Ate in the car, talked about a lot of different things, and then I went up to see the parole agent, and she was like, um, "She's not gonna drug test me and none of that. Like yeah. I ran a good program, and my case wasn't drug affiliated." So she said that um, she didn't. I didn't really have a lot of stipulations. Right. Thank God. Like mm-hmm. 
My stipulation was basically not to go out of 50-mile radius, no weapons, mm-hmm. um, not to be around um, known gang areas, known usual. gang areas. Yeah. And that was about it. And the, your young, your younger one was where, too? She was in Georgia. Oh, so you she didn't get to Georgia, see him. So I didn't that. get to see her right away. Yeah. But I, I, I um, not too long ago flew out there to see her because she graduated. Um, she's a police officer. Gotcha. What? Yes. Wow. Bro, that is so badass, man. Yeah, I went out there, watched her get sworn in, all that. Uh, that's that's nice. Congratulations. So let's, cool. let's hit the applause right quick. Let's get it, baby. <laughs> Come on, man. We're changing this shit up. That's the objective. That's the point right. of this. I can't wait. I wish my daughter, again, she's there. She's got a few more years, hopefully, you know? Right. Same thing, you know? Hopefully they don't go down the same road we do. You know what right. Um, shit, so, so if you had something to tell somebody that's in your shoes, that's maybe at one of the houses that you were just at, mm-hmm. what is something, a takeaway that you would give them? Don't something stop fighting. That- if you want to change and you want something different in your life, don't stop fighting because I'm telling you, the devil is there. Yeah, keep trying to knock you down and keep try, trying to knock you down, but keep striving because I was fighting. I was fighting with staff and everything because I felt like they didn't want to see me, you know, they didn't want to see me prosper, and I made sure I prosper. Stay prayed up, but keep fighting. Shit, that, that part, man. Let's go. With that being said, I want to thank you, Larissa, for sharing your time with us, man, taking the day. We're, you know, it's fucking whatever. We're, we're doing it, though. And uh, I appreciate you, you know, for taking right, the time and right, giving back right, to us right. and, and uh, making it happen, you know. Yep. So with that said, Reentry Network Podcast, met with, mess with us, baby. Let's get it.